Jill. Hey, welcome to the Timmy Gibson Show. <laughs> you live. If you could only have heard what we were talking about earlier. Oh, my God. So, in studio today, we have the one, the only, the co-host of the Timmy Gibson Show, Lance <laughs> Strickland. Is that applause? Okay, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully it wasn't. Hopefully it wasn't. I pushed failed joke. I pushed failed joke. Wait, do it again. Our co-host Lance Strickland. There we go. There we go. Dude, can uh, that thing record? Like, can you put sounds on that thing? Yes. Oh, we need to give me a big <laughs> sound. You know, like some like some, I'm walking out with smoke behind me and that kind of sound. Some big dog sound like he comes. Right. Uh, and also we have Luke Winger, the scientist. Dun dun dun. Actually, let's do a mystery sound. There you go. There's a mystery sound happening right now. <laughs> yeah. And then the one, the only, Jerry Hendrick. Who, 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 who? Little Jerry. I get a big fart sound up. <laughs> I can't remember how you keep. You said it was. You said people called you Little Jerry or something, right? Wasn't that your? So I'm junior. My dad, oh, okay, my yeah. Dad is senior, uh, so all my friends yeah. that I've grown up with, little Jerry, Jerry, they just call him senior. It's not Jerry senior. It's just okay. senior, and I'm little Jerry. Okay, two hundred and twenty-five pound little Jerry. Right. I was gonna say, there's really nothing about you that's little. Of course, I haven't seen <laughs> big <everything>. personality, <laughs> big smile. Yeah. Don't, don't stop don't right there. My, don't ask my ex-wife. <laughs> oh, hey, you don't drive a Hummer, so that's yeah. that's the that's the true tale sign right there. If you drive a Hummer, yeah. What are you compensating? Yeah, what do you compensate? And I'm sorry, my friend Bill has a Hummer. I don't know if if that's true. I should ask him. Yeah, should I call him right now? Say, hey, Bill, listen, (laughs) we're looking for the call feature. We're looking for people who are compensating for something in their lives. (laughs) Maybe I will just call him. Oh my god, I'll just call him and ask him because he's got a really, really nice. This this could go bad. This could go really, really bad. But we we may have to. This may be the first week we have to learn how to edit, Bill. (laughs) Like, don't worry, no one's going to hear this. Yeah, nobody will hear this. Uh, I would need my headphones. I'll call him here in a second. So I'm going to have to get my headphones and, and call him. So we're talking about vulnerability today. Uh, what tears you up? Um, what else did we say? Uh, Wasn't there something on there? Movie, why? What, what was the biggest hurt of your life or something? Was, there, was that on there or no? Um, biggest fear. Biggest fear. Yeah, biggest fear. Okay, yeah. Uh, what do you want to accomplish? In the I told Michelle, years? she asked me about the, uh, She. We, I said about the, uh, she goes, ooh, she goes, Timmy's got some good questions. Yeah, well, I thank said, you. Well, I said, stop. I'm the one with the good questions. <laughs> Timmy. Yeah, I mean, um, what do you enjoy most about being a man? Yeah, and, you know, we talked about that one. Yeah. Oh, did you? Yeah, so, her and I. I guess the, this podcast is going to be, probably end up being one of our best podcasts because, you know, you walked in, I'll, I won't put words in your mouth, and you were talking about, ah, I don't know, I'm, just, I'm not really feeling it. I'm like, I'm not either. Mm. You know, I just have like, you know, sometimes I'm all and normally I'm kind of like an on person all the time, yeah. but there are I'm like everybody else. There are times I'm just like, I'm just feeling like you just wake up and you're just yeah. pissed off. You like just wake your, up and you're just a- agitated. Biorhythms yeah. are just not yeah, there. Like something's not right, you know? And so Mercury's in Gatorade or something. Or yeah, when people goes. say something's in, yeah, something's in retrograde. I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? All I know is that I woke up fine today, but just throughout the day, just different little things have happened. I've just mm-hmm. found myself to like be agitated. Like I want to, I text one of my friends and said, I'm going to have angry sex with myself tonight. 
Wow. <laughs> Unless I find someone else I can connect with tonight. Yeah, just one of those feelings like you just I just feel like a little agitated. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of the weather, I think, too. Maybe that's part and of it. I don't I don't like like I was going to text all you guys yesterday and just be like, what are you guys doing? Because I just was feeling like I was wasting my weekend. Really? You never get like that where oh you're just. Oh my God, yes. And I and I think that's that's like, that's got to be a, I don't know if that's, it's not a Western society thing, but it's something that, you know, like there's a lot of people, like when, when Michelle and I were dating, she lived in Lawrence. And so I was always like, I wonder what the students are doing right now. Or, you know, like, cause it's kind of a little bit of a hip town, you know? Sure. And she's like, probably nothing. You know, like, I think a lot of people just do nothing. I actually put on I've, Reddit one time. I actually put the question out there. I said, it's Sunday or something. What are you guys all doing? 90% of the comments were just like making food for the week, just chilling. chilling, reading. Like it wasn't big stuff. Yeah. And I feel like, I feel like I put a lot of pressure on myself to feel like I ought to be trying Productive. to redeem the time every minute, you know, ought to be just make it all count. Yeah. Lance. Yeah. And I do make it count, but I make it count like, you know, by reading or something. I want to, I like to have a good, for me, a good, great weekend is like a nice mixture of that. Some downtime, downtime for me means, you know, watching a Euro 21 soccer match or sport match or something. And then, you know, reading a little bit, you know, that type of thing. And then, you know, hanging out with Michelle with some friends or something, you know, like we've got something planned, but it's not like too overcrowded. Yeah. that That's like. That's like the perfect week. So if I have a long stretch like this weekend, I didn't have, which we've had a lot of packed weekends the last few weekends. So it was nice not to have anything going on, but I just was kind of like, we don't have anything planned. I was kind of like, I was feeling kind of down. Interesting. Yeah. No, I, I'm, I, you and I are similar. I, though I feel like I have a lot of downtime just all the time, just because of the Mm -hmm. way my job is. It's like my weekends are insane. Yeah. And then during the week, you know, I do have appointments and like Sundays are a big work day for me. You know, I'd like, seven appointments but you today. get out and because I, or I see on your instagram or something and you get out and go to coffee shop and read or something you don't sit up here in, in your apartment all the time that's all green screen stuff oh okay all, uh, no. you stock yeah. stock photos I, that you stock just photos wait. of other yeah. coffee shops no yes i do like to go down and and just sit at a coffee shop yeah. and where's and, that blip roasters by the way isn't that place awesome i don't know i've never uh, been it's it looks in the west cool. bottoms Oh, yeah, Blip Roasters. If you guys haven't been there, they have badass coffee. It's a it's a motor sl- motorcycle shop slash oh, that's coffee cool. shop. Oh, coffee roasters. Yeah, ah, great okay. coffee. Where in the West Bottoms kind of? Uh, it's on the north end of of the West Bottoms. So if you pull in right where the uh, haunted houses are, yeah, uh, you turn right or left. Yeah, you would turn right. So and, away from Kemper Arena. Yes. Okay. Yeah, so over yeah. by the ship. It, it's it's further north than there, but okay, yes. it's on that side. Yep, 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 yep. Okay, yeah. We need to get a guys out at night and go out and all of this. Oh man, I tear love the it. town up. You know what? Seriously, yeah, we'll do it. Like for real. Like before yeah. we leave yeah. today, we'll schedule something. That'd be fun. So what about what about Jerry and Luke? You guys feeling it today, or is it just Lance and I that are like? Honestly, there's been like something weird going around this whole weekend. Like Maddie and I were kind of feeling off yesterday as well, and it's. And it felt like there was just like this weird cloud over us for a lot. It's like something feels off and I'm like, all right, what are you? And we have this question that we actually got from Grant a long time ago. He's like, what are you carrying? Like, what are you holding? And so I asked, that's good. Yeah. So I asked Maddie, like, what are you holding? And then she was able to like, eventually, like, I just need to think like, she's a very slow processor. So she's like, I just, mm-hmm. I have a lot of feelings right now. I don't know how to articulate. So I'm like, all right. 
you want me around? Do you want space? I'm like, and she just wanted to think oh, about it. And good while. Lord, you were just hoping she said, no, I need some time. Can you leave? You were like, please don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> but I just want to be held by you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. No, no, no. Don't leave. I need you here. Uh, okay. okay. All right. But no, like she was eventually able like to like voice some like insecurities we we both were sharing. And after that, it's like this weight was lifted yeah. in a way. Um and when we went out last night, I don't know, yeah, it also fell off too, just because I didn't like feel quite comfortable in my own skin yet. Yeah. Meeting friends I haven't seen in like years. It's like, yeah, mm. I want to be fun. Let's let's do those stuff. But it's like something's just slightly off and I don't can't really like put your finger on it you know yeah mm. it's you know it's like i know being married for 25 years I, I i know a little bit about at least one woman i guess you know she would have those emotional days too and so did i like i had a monthly period kind of a thing where once a month i just felt like off or mm -hmm. you know just whatever you know so a lot of times we talk about women being super emotional guys are too mm -hmm. you know like today i I don't know specifically. I mean, I could, you know, I mean, there's part of me. It's like, I just want to be intimate with someone that I care about. It's like, I just want to fuck. That's mm -hmm. what I want to do. You know, like I feel like this testosterone running like, through my body like, and it's agitating because I can't get it out. Well, shit. That's just Tuesday <laughs> for me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think there's a lot of people though, that are just now with COVID being over with, they're trying to figure out how to be social again. They're trying to figure out yeah, how to go out and, point do what we did yeah. a year and a half ago and yeah. just, you know, that kind of thing. But Kansas city, I mean, Kansas city too is, is tough when it's, when the weather's like this and it's just shitty, let's just face it. 85% humidity. Yeah. Who wants to go outside? No. I mean, and there's, I mean, it's, it's no secret, my love affair with Colorado, but I, I truly I believe if I were in Denver or I was in the mountains, I'd be hiking, I'd be biking, I'd be mm -hmm. doing something on a Sunday. Well, I don't, I'm not going to go out and take my dog for a walk at noon Right. When the humidity level, you got to go home and take a shower after that. God, it's just, it's just miserable. It takes the life out of you. So, and we've had so much rain and just kind of, right. I don't know how people in Seattle do it. I really oh, don't. Oh. Well, no, they say the depression uh, is way higher in, in Seattle. Oh, yeah. Just gray and rainy and misty. And you don't get that vitamin D from the sun. I guess, I guess that, yeah, that would be, yeah, part of it. Yeah. I, you know, it's, it's, a, it's wild. Um, Cause I've always taught, you know, never, never live by your feelings, you know, don't like, if you feel like being mean to someone, well, that doesn't mean you should just fucking be mean. Yeah. You know, or if you feel like I don't, I'm not in the mood to change a diaper, that's your fucking kid's diaper change. I don't care yeah. what you feel like. Right. You know, I've never been one to say, give into those feelings, but I think, I mean, you know, since this was our podcast topic of vulnerability, I sure. thought, you know, it'd be good just for all of us to be vulnerable and be like, I heard this. I don't know. I'm just in a pissy mood. <laughs> Fuck you. I heard this. Uh, <laughs> I heard this quote today, or it wasn't a quote, but this, somebody was on a podcast or somewhere, but it basically said, and I thought it was really profound. Anyway, I'm thinking of it because we're just kind of talking about being, you know, active and busy, not really, but we're trying to like, it seems like the, in the busyness that we're all describing, it's like we're trying to kind of, um, swash some sort of like emotional some inner turmoil that's going on within us right? right and this person said uh sometimes you gotta have a little activity to get you to a place of stillness and i thought i was like that's interesting and my mind immediately as soon as i heard it i'm sure there's much more you know profound implications to that little saying but 
when my mind immediately heard it, I thought of when I was divorced and everybody was telling me, you know, that you, you kind of, you know, in the beginning, like you got to just, you know, you're not going to be going out. Like you need to work on yourself, but you know, a short time in what, when you look back on it, just a few months, seems like a long time when you're going through it. So you get to that three, six month mark, you know, you're kind of like, okay, I've been doing this a long time and you know, your mind's going a little nutty and, and all that. And so you're, you start to want to branch out and then you realize that, you know, you should be maybe in a place of stillness, but when you start to bring in a little bit of activity in your life, maybe that's dating or something, then you kind of revert back and you're kind of like, it's almost like you needed the activity to kind of set you back to a place where you needed to be still like, does that make sense? You kind of see where I'm going there. It's a little like you bit. need to work out a little bit to get the energy out of your system. So you're a little bit like down. that, but yeah, that's, that, that's a good example of it. But I think that the, it, that concept gets translated a lot in different ways, right? I mean, maybe if we're sitting around or something, you just need to get out and go to the coffee shop and grab a little coffee and come back. Like just something small, could bring you back to a place of contentment or stillness. Oh, it does for me. As opposed to just kind of trying to work through it on your own, you know, or something. Yeah, or well, calling a friend or like. Those that of us that have older kids, my daughter's 17, when she was, she played every sport in the book when, when, when she was yeah. growing up. You, we didn't have to think about what we were doing on the weekend right. because Saturdays and right. Sundays were at soccer tournaments, softball tournaments, yeah. basketball tournaments, and a lot of it was traveling. It wasn't just Kansas City. You knew every weekend what you're in. You're like, oh God, I just can't wait till she's older and we're done doing this. And then when she's yes. done doing it, now she's playing high school. You're like, what am I going to do? Yeah, right. I wake up on a Sunday morning. I go, well, shit, I got nothing. Right. I've got, I've got right. nothing to do the entire right. weekend. You know. Um, I think you're making a great point, Jerry. I think maybe that's what I'm struggling with right now is my kids. So I've got one in college, but daughter just graduated this year. And then I've got one in high school still. He's, he'll be a junior, right? So all my responsibilities, like you're describing, are gone. And, and their identity, all, my identity and that's was, what I was, being, gonna say. was being Kennedy's father and, exactly. and, and Uber. Yes. I got her to her practices yes. and her games. It wasn't just during the weekends, but Spot three, on. four nights a week, you were, you knew where you were going to be. You're yeah. taking her to practice from Lee Summit or driving from Lee yeah. Summit all the way out to Overland Park three, yeah. four times a week. And then when that stops, you know, and you're divorced and right. you're living alone and you're, try, and you're trying to Dude, figure out your really identity vulnerable. as a dad. Right. And the dog looks <laughs> at you and says, this is me. the third walk today. I'm not doing right. it. Right. Right. Yeah. The, you know, Jerry's got one of those strollers. He carries his dog in. I bet. <laughs> oh, come on. What's her dog's name? Dude, the dog well, is dope. Num number one, I saw a gal this morning at the coffee shop out by my house and she had honest got a stroller with a little bichon uh -huh. in it, and i thought that's the dumbest thing <laughs> i've ever seen in my life but you asked her out didn't you <laughs> that is the most ridiculous thing ever what's your number yes <laughs> well she had at least on a west shirt on so i was my, ah. i left that one to timmy <laughs> oh. Jerry, I love you. Now, maybe if it had been Kansas State, that's <laughs> But no, I have a pit bull named Chanel. Yeah, really? We call her Shanny, but yeah, 75 pounds of pit bull, she's probably not fitting in. She's a, sweet. She, she can like be. Like when she met me and yeah. learned I was okay. Yeah. But she went right for my nutsack. No, I'm teasing. <laughs> what? <laughs> I was like, that must be a girl dog. Oh, my no, God. She's cool. She's, she, those pit bulls are stout. 
yeah, she didn't, she didn't have an ounce of fat on her. She's, she's solid, but you know, she was a rescue. And when you get her, when you've got a rescue, you don't know what you're getting. You don't know what their, their background was. And, you know, she's got some scars and things and come to find out that she's a, a breed between pit bull and a cattle dog. So she's got these really cool markings, but she's all pit bull through the chest and everything. But, you know, when they were breeding them, they keep the male dogs and then they dump the females. And so that's how she was dumped. And that's how I ended up, uh, I got suckered by my daughter. She wanted to go to Wayside Waves because she said, dad, I just want to start volunteering at Wayside Waves and I need a, an adult to, t- I need my parent to take mm-hmm. me so that I can apply. And we get there and the minute we walked in the door, she said, do you have such and such? This, the dog's na- name was something else. She says, do you have such and such? And around the corner comes this pit bull <laughs> running and jumps in her lap. And I'm like, oh, Aww. I just game over. Just got suckered. I said, yeah, honey, we're not going home with the dog. Yeah, we went home with <laughs> And I don't know who rescued who, but she's been the best thing in the world. For oh, that's awesome. You know, I've wanted to get a dog. It's just, uh, I mean, I have two of them. My ex kept them. Um, but I just, the, the you know. There's just, no way you could do a dog. I just don't want to. In your lifestyle. No, I, that's what I'm saying. It's like I'm on the go and I, right. I can take off for a weekend and go somewhere. And the thought of having to. Hey Jerry, can you watch little Brewster for right. I feel the same way. It's like I love dogs, but I love other people's dogs. Yeah. Because right. that way I get all the fun, but they get all the they're chewing up the house and pooping inside. And I uh, thought it was I thought it was I'm not kidding. I thought it was easier dating uh, a woman with kids than it was if she had a dog. <laughs> and I'm I'm not kidding because <laughs> no, every, I, like they just you they have to be back. I mean, the kid like either can go to dad's for a while or something. But a dog is on a schedule and they just, you know, you can't leave them. So the idea of being able to be at gone for long periods of time was just out. I mean, I, I had never experienced that until I dated someone with a dog and I was like, and I was like, man, this is worse than kids. Like yeah. from a schedule perspective, yeah. my brother's begging me 4th of July, come down to the lake house, just bought a new lake house, got a boat. He says, come down. I, yeah. I can't come down. I've got my dog. All right. You know, now I could bring her, but right. Yeah, it's probably, yeah, I'm not, I'm not uh, that's not our first road trip is yeah. to the lake. Yeah. And that's, that's why I probably, not probably, that's why I don't have one is just that it's like the, the time and the energy. I just don't want to expend that on that right now. So then I you, thought, well, I can get a cat, but then I'm really, hair. I'm really fast. I'm real fascinated by the type of like, I can almost predict the type of dog that you would get and Jerry, like. I know you're not going to have this big dog. You know what I mean? Right. Like you're going to have something that's a little bit more fluffy, fluffy and, but not common. Right. You know, slightly maybe a Pomeranian or so. I, I don't know. Dogs. You know, I shepherd. have two Pomeranians. <laughs> that's funny. You oh, say you did? I have two Pomeranians. Oh, really? Yes. Oh my gosh. That's hilarious. That is funny. That you didn't know <laughs> maybe that. I knew that subconsciously. Maybe, maybe so, but, but, but I can totally see that. that. Yeah. Again, that, that, that is what I would get. Like, I, but you're not going to see Jerry with a little Pomeranian. You know what I mean? No. We had a we, but, had, we had a Shih Tzu. Okay. Named Versace. <laughs> oh my gosh! And I'll tell of you course. what. You've got to be careful what you wish for in life because all I ever wanted was a son and a Labrador, and I got a daughter and a Shih Tzu. <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> and I wouldn't have changed. I wouldn't have traded them for it. I've said when I lived in the apartment, man. I'm I'm going to say this in a way that if there's someone out there that's that fits this profile then you know prove me wrong but there would be a male that would walk his dog and i'm talking about i don't know kind of dog it was but it was like a super small dog like 
small enough that you felt like if you grabbed the leash, you could probably just whip that thing up and throw it 20 feet. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's not like even have it. It's not even like a 15 or 20 pounder. I'm like, this thing weighs probably five pounds. And I always thought that was so odd. I was like, why would a single man want a dog that small? And I saw numerous males like that. That just seemed like, I don't know what, but it, it just didn't sit right with me. Well, it is talking about traveling and having a free schedule. When you've got a small dog, it's easy to oh, drop a I small see. dog off with somebody and, True, and yeah. let them watch. I can't call somebody up and say, hey, can you watch my pit bull for yeah. four days? Yeah, that's it's, a good point. It's probably not happening. Yeah. Yeah, my dream dog is actually a golden retriever, like a long-haired uh, blonde golden retriever. That's like the dog I've always wanted. Never had yeah. one. I had a Dalmatian when I was in college, but Dalmatians – he was awesome. His name was Buddy, and he was pretty. He was very pretty the way he was marked. He was yeah. marked really nice. Uh, but man, he tore everything up. Mm. Literally destroyed my fucking apartment every time I left. Oh no! I'd come home and it was like just a disaster. Yeah. Mm. So I finally was like, no. So we gave him to a, a farmer that had property that he could just run wild. And- mm, that's good. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, sir, do you have pets growing up? No, I, well, I, we had, a, we gave the kids a cat for Christmas once and they, they, she's still around. Oh, you still have a cat? Yeah. Well, they, Maggie is still around, lives with her mom. Although it's a funny story. That cat has traveled the rounds because I mean, I don't see it as my cat It's really my daughter's. And of course, you know, mom wanted it and it's like, okay. And so, you know, I was like, take it. And then, you know, and I'm like, I don't. And so then, and then somehow I was like, then I got the whole dad, you know, like we can't keep the cat. And, and I'm like, well, I'm sorry. But then, you know, and I'm like, then got pressured into doing it. So then I took it in for a while. And then, you know, they, I was like only for like three weeks, you know, and then, I mean, we went to grandma and grandpa's for a while and then it went to my dad's for a while. And then it's back over there. I mean, that cat has cat made the rounds around. really, but yeah, we have a cat now. Cool. And I'm not, I'm not nice to the, I mean, like I shouldn't say I'm not nice to it. I just act like I don't care to scouts her name. It's Michelle's cat. Yeah. And that cat loves me, man. I'm telling you, it's something Trying about, it's, it's about something about ignoring the female that just drives them bonkers. Yeah. But I'm just like, I'm like, if the thing's in my way, like that wants to walk in my feet and everything. And I literally consciously, I'm kind of just like, I don't care if you get all tangled up in there. I'm just going to flip you over. Like yeah. I don't try to get out of the way. I'm like, if you're dumb enough to walk in my feet, you know, yeah. but I just like, I don't, it's not, I don't treat it mean. I mean, I'm like sure. sweet like to it. Mess with it. Sure. I just mess with it. Cause I'm like, it's just, it just frustrates me at <laughs> times. And yeah. it's always wanting up my lap or, you know what I mean? Something. And I, and of course I let it, I mean, I'm well, nice sure. to it, but it's like that, that balance between kind of being a little bit of an asshole, but being a sweetheart <laughs> right. like that, if it, if that's indicative of other females, man, it's the, it's the right formula. Really. There's the, that, the hair, the Harry Potter, girl, the Harry Potter. Yeah. The Harry Potter girl that I talked to. Yeah. She's got two dogs, a male and a female. All right. Anytime I've ever been over there, the male dog is like, if I'm sitting next to her, he'll sit like right fucking on her lap. Really? Oh, yeah. Now, and the female dog loves me, snuggles really? with me. Really? Interesting. And matter of fact, one time I put my hand on her leg. Uh-huh. The male dog, no, I'm, yeah, the male dog kind of was like, Ugh. the female dog put, her hand on his head, like back the fuck off. Oh my god! Like it was a weird little that interaction is. there. Like, whoa, that male dog is fighting for territorial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'd go to kiss her on the cheek, and that dog would come up, like to lick her. It was very, like very wow. jealous. Yeah, yeah, like this dog is 
in so i just cracked the code between male female let's let's transition into that uh question about what do you love about being male yeah what what do you love what do you know i'm asking you timmy just because you're the host don't mean you get to just diffuse (laughs) you know Gosh, that's a good question. That's what I said when I when we were talking about. It. I'm like, I don't know that. Here, here's the reason I think I don't envy good, women. Like, I would not want to be a woman. I know that. But here's the problem, right? It's like when you say what it, what do you like about being a male? It's, it's, it's hard because you don't know what it's like to be a woman or anything different. So right. you wake up, you don't know how you see the world. It's like if you had something to compare it to or contrast, that would be an easier question to answer. Yeah. Michelle said maybe the way you ought to answer it is look to see what you think that you understand how, what, what women, uh, you know, have that, that struggle with yeah. and then think, how is the masculinity different than, than helps with that? You know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm just making up a softball, you sure. know, the fact that you don't want to have to get up and maybe get ready for 30 to 45 minutes, an hour, you know, to get all your makeup on and all that, right. you know, you're kind of like, I wouldn't want to be that. That's a it good way to contrast my makeup on. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I that's when I came up with that question is I was just thinking about what we were, you know, because I think Luke asked, what are we going to talk about? And I'm like, here's the kind of the thoughts that we're going to throw around and discuss. Mm. Um, yeah, like, I mean, right, I've only been a man, right? So that's, though, let me just on topic, but make a little side journey here. Mm-hmm. I listened to a Joe Rogan podcast. I think it was Joe Rogan. Yeah, it was Joe Rogan. And he was interviewing a woman that specializes in, uh, the study of testosterone, mm. which was very interesting. I think I sent you the podcast. Yeah, you did. It was very enlightening for me to hear this, but it was great because she had done lots of research, even with women who were trans women. So women going transitioning to men or to, from female to male trans woman. So that ended up then transferring back like, they were a woman decided to become a man. And then as they were in that process, decided, fuck that I'm going back to be a woman. And it was so enlightening what these women said about that journey of Mm. going from a woman to a man and then back to a woman that when they started testosterone, they became more aggressive, objectified the opposite sex were hungry for sex more were aggressive. Like there was all these things. And so when they transitioned back, they said, Oh my God, they had such a different perspective of men. And they weren't, and they said that, that I, I so understand men and I don't judge them for their behavior. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's the chemical, like, right. Just like a woman can get emotional and yeah. cry and not know why. And Men typically want to fuck and they're aggressive and they want to conquer and they, you know what I mean? Like it, it's, and when they think of women, like I, I'm a very loving, tender, caring person, no woman on the planet that they could say a lot of things about me. They could never, ever say that I was mean or mm-hmm. like, you know what I mean? Like I've never called a woman. You're a fucking bitch. Like mm-hmm. I would never, ever, ever, ever talk like that mm-hmm. ever. But I do know that there are times that I look at women and I, I know I'm looking at them objectively. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like I'm looking at them thinking, Oh my God, I want to get on her. Like there's this, this <laughs> aggression uh, that I want to just jump on them. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And I'm a nice guy. Like I would only do it if they want me to, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? 
Here's, but it's an interesting. It's an here, interesting here's thing. An interesting, so we talk about being a man, right? Well, yeah, know. and I and I guess as you were talking, it made me think. I'm wondering if we haven't failed as a society, or, and I'm even bringing it down to like you know how I was raised and maybe right. how I'm raising my boom boys. I have two boys and a girl, right? I'm wondering if we don't do it if we've not been given a understanding of what masculinity is and should be. And here's kind of how I got to that question: is is your you did the podcast with your Instagram friend, and she had made some comment to you about women want you know stability, and I don't remember all the little things that she said, but she kind of laid out for you, and you were kind of like wow, that's really interesting. You know, this is what women really want. And it's like when a guy hears that, it's like we automatically just become a chameleon and kind of adapt. It's like, well, if that's what they want, then I'm going to start making my, I'm going to start signaling or making my angle from this. You know what I mean? Like we've, as men, we've always heard that women, you know, they want the stability. I think that was maybe one of the things that she even said, yeah. right? And so we come running in and and right, with not, our money yeah. and thing, you know, well, I'll take care of you. You know what I mean? Because that's and that comes back to where you're the yeah. I'm the male and I'm, you know, I'm gonna conquer and all this. But I'm like, the reason I think that we struggle with that is that because we've never no one's ever given us a, a, a they've never outlined for us what a solid masculinity is in our own skin, and maybe even helped us understand kind of where the female's coming from. And it's like you're just trying to kind of create and paint your own picture of it through just little tidbits that you hear through others like like she maybe made a comment to you and maybe this is totally wrong it's the last thing i'll say i'm wondering if that it, like when you look back at like ancient tribes and things like that right they seemed like they had these rites of passage yeah. and i'm wondering if there wasn't something about that that we've lost in our society when it comes to male or masculinity that we're not passing on and so then our we we th we're passing on values, but we're not passing on certain things based on gender. That you kind of see where I'm going a little bit, Jerry. Well, what are your thoughts on that? You got kids. On topic, but not really on topic. A gay man. Mm -hmm. I truly believe he was born. We'll get back to it. <laughs> His name was. So as I was saying before break, a, a gay man I believe is born that way. Sure. Now, you there's people who are going to argue that right. that they. That is we're a choice born that way. Whatever. It was right. a choice. No, they're born that I way. I believe, and, and and I've and I have evolved with my thought process about that. I yeah. used to believe no, they weren't. I truly believe they are. I think you're you're born a certain way, and you uh, girls walking down the street, and I'm like, wow, she's got a, a great rear end. Or mm -hmm. some guy sees a guy walking down the street, and he thinks the same thing. You're wired the way you're wired. You're born the way you're born. But the difference between a real feminine man. And a man that's gay, who's a football player, and there's the first one in the NFL just, Carl. just came out a couple yeah. couple weeks ago, right? Yeah. The difference between whether you're feminine or you're not feminine, I do believe is a choice. And I do believe th that... In other words, the way you act. The way you act. Right. The, the, you know, the, the, the high pitch, hey, how are you? All that yeah. kind of thing. I think that is a choice to, yeah, a, to, right. a, to, a, uh, to a degree. Yeah. And I think... Getting back to society, I think everybody expects men to be this macho guy, and and if you are gay and you, whatever you do behind the behind the door when it's closed, you know I think yeah. a lot of guys are like that. I think the guys that are over the top, yeah, feminine have said screw society and w what I'm supposed to be as a man. I'm going to do this. I'm going to be, yeah. and I don't know if they're truly saying I'm going to be me. Or 
you know, are they, are they, are they, it's not an act, but are they going over the top with yeah. how they act? Is it their brand? It's not a great word for it, but is it their brand kind of that they're, that, you know, we all have a brand that we're trying to, as, as, as we all sit around this table, sure, right? Yeah. I mean, and I'm wondering if that somehow that's, yeah, the brand that they're trying to go for. Is, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I you know, I, I'll cry at, at a good movie. I yeah. mean, we're, we'll talk about that later. What, what makes you cry or whatever. Right. I have no problem uh, with, with you know, my softer side, but at the same time, you know, I, my, my late sister, God bless her. You know, I'm, I've got a degree in fashion. I've got a company that makes men's custom right. clothing. I love knowing that about I, Jerry. I know. Right. <laughs> I just, I'm out, <laughs> but, but my sister used to say to me, she used to say, you know, you are going to come out of the closet. And I'm like, just because I get a Manny and a Petty and I wear a suit and I've got a degree right. in fashion does not make me gay. Yeah. That's, you know, it's funny. You talk about being born, born gay. I have some good friends that were you know, born gay and I'm, I'm with you. I think you're, you're just born that way. My dad <laughs> never had to show me a picture of a vagina for me to go. I like those. You know what I mean? Like there, you know, there was no training for me to say, Right, like no. breasts right. or like that. Right. I mean, you just like, you just looked you at didn't something. You didn't choose to be straight. No, I just looked right. at that and I thought, that's what I really like. That gives me tickles in my wee wee, you know? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> and you just grow up that way. And then having such good gay friends, I was roommates with a gay, gay guy. One of my friends that was gay and you know, he knew I wasn't gay. So people ask me, Oh, you know, this is back yeah. way back in the yeah. late eighties. They're like, Oh, is he, does he try to hit on you? Uh -huh. I'm like, no, he doesn't fucking try to hit right. on me. He knows I'm straight. Yeah. I know he's gay. Right. You know, it's, it's just, it's not a big fucking deal. Yeah. And, and it's uh, funny because I think I used to have those thoughts too. Like, it's like if you find someone else is gay, they're going to be attracted to you. It's like just because you're, you're I know they want to suck my right, dick. Exactly. It's like I know just it's because you're heterosexual doesn't mean you find everyone around you. You could have a female as a male, you could have a female roommate and be like, we're just friends. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, okay, but okay, we have to talk about this. This oh. is going to be this is going to be the fucking shit. Can men be friends with women? No. Here's the thing. I there's not a woman, and I'm sorry for every woman that I'm friends with. Every woman that I'm friends with, if they were single. That's so not true. You're about ready to say something that's not true. Most, <laughs> most, most every woman I've ever been friends with. <laughs> Wait, okay. Like well, the same thing. He does. Most women that I'm friends with probably start using all these like probabilistic. If, if they were single right. and were like, I'm lonely tonight. Do you want to come over? Make sure to shower. <laughs> Be like, deal. Oh my god. Okay, now I'm it's vulnerable time, guys. Oh, wow. Okay. There's girls on Facebook right now going, unfriend, unfriend, unfriend. <laughs> I knew it, Jimmy. But here's the thing. I'm just fucking honest, though. That's the thing. You know, it's like guys are like, oh, yeah, there's their wife's next to him. I would never want a threesome. Huh? I'm like, you fucking lying piece of shit. Every guy dreams <laughs> Timmy's of a on fucking edge today. Threesome. Man, he is really wound up today. If we All had right. the cuss jar, man, so, we'd be up to about four hundred dollars right now. Look who, <laughs> look who just got into the podcast. <laughs> okay, so yeah, right. Be honest. Go, Jerry. What's the question? The question is: Can guys be, can guys be friends with women? And would you want you got to gotta, sleep? you got to qualify that a little differently? 
because there's and I'm you and I've known people. I mean, that I have you, women that I'm friends with. I've exactly, been you're not, twenty years. And, and, but you're right. you're not and you're not attracted to them. So the question needs to be qualified. If you find the person attractive or interesting, mm-hmm. now you're going to have some interest level because you're friends. And this isn't somebody that like just say an acquaintance, like, hey, how are you? Good to see you. I mean, it's somebody that you have contact on a regular basis and you find attractive. I think that's important. Yeah. Well, you know, again, goes back. I have a degree in fashion. I I was going to K-State. There were 65 women in class and two guys. And one guy was was straight. The other guy wasn't. Okay. So I had four years worth of classes with some beautiful women that were truly friends, just friends. I mean, we studied together. I mean, we, we were together a lot. Yeah. And, but it's a great, it's, <laughs> but, but, well, the, 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 but being the, the, the question being, can you just be friends when you're attracted? And, and, you know, I, I looked at these women and they were beautiful. And mm-hmm. if one of them would have said, Hey, Jerry, I'm interested. I don't know. I don't know if I, we, cause we never did. We never, we never went there because we were, we were friends, but, um, we all, I think we all would agree on this, Luke. You tell me if you disagree, but I think that if you do take that step and cross the line, it's you, you, you you're not going to go back to the relationship that you had previous to that, like as friends, like, like it's either it's not. It, I don't mean I don't that you. Either, I, I don't mean that. that you either have to date. It's but, the friend zone or it's the end zone, and once you're in the end zone, you can't go back to being friends. There, yeah, well, I don't know though. There's I mean, been a girl in the last two years that, that I've had girlfriends, just friends. That we ended up sleeping together, and then we were like, "eh, no, neither one of us." I mean, it was good, but it was like just weren't feeling it. And we're still friends to the day, to this day. So, I mean, it it for me, it went back to just we could hang out, and there's just no sexual attraction anymore. And hmm. that's yeah, an interesting know. dynamic. Yeah, but yeah, it's not that you're gonna like deny your own sexual attraction if someone's like, "Yeah, you see a beautiful woman." You don't really have a decision like she is beautiful. Right. Right. And yeah, you, you don't run it through some sort of computation formula in your mind. It's like it is. Yeah. Add this up. Like, are these measurements? Right. No, it's like, you know, you know, at a gut level and and you're kidding yourself if you don't think that way. You loved Maddie and those scrubs, didn't you? You just couldn't. <laughs> you could. That was just too much power. It was over game you. over at that point. <laughs> yeah. I mean, guys are like even that girl that I that I interviewed uh, or had a conversation with. Uh, Jennifer was her name. Um, she even said that, you know, women, men can fall in love through their eyes. Women fall in love through their noses, which at first I was like, nose. I like know. I snuff. read that. I was like, what? yeah, well, what she meant was just like the sniff test. In other words, you know, his personality, oh, right. all like it's a total package. Like she was talking about how many of her girlfriends who are super attractive are in relationship with guys that maybe aren't as attractive mm-hmm. as they are per se she like, said quote, but, in their league right in their league but they're such great guys you know they're mm-hmm. such good quality great sense of humor mm-hmm. you know they're kind they're gener- whatever it is and the the this hot quote unquote girl is uh, attracted to them not based on looks you know guys but you know i i feel like i feel like guys uh, there's been girls that i've met that i maybe physically they weren't as attractive they weren't a Victoria's Secret model, but there was something about their vibe, their their mannerisms, their you know what I mean. Like I don't, there was something about them that just attracted you. So, on one hand, 
I agree. There have been women. I'm sure I could show you all a picture and you go like, I'm in love with her. I mean, you know, cause she's just so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Guys are smitten by beauty, but I think all of us can, I, I know I've talked to Jerry about this women that you're like, Oh my God, she's so beautiful. And then you start talking to her and you're like, Oh my God, like a 10 what? that's stupid or a 10. That's a bitch just became a four. Right. It's just, oh, yeah. yeah. And, and a gal that's a five or a six, but she's just really Precious. interesting or cool. Yes. Or, or you just, you just love conversation with her. And you like to think that they think the same thing about us. I mean, my gosh, I mean, there's GQ models and there's field and stream. I'm field and stream. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, so, you know, I, I hope that there's a woman out there that, that likes my company and likes my, my attitude and everything, because if I have to just get by on looks, I've got a problem. Now, Timmy, you're, you're, you're different. Jerry's you're, too kind you're, to the, you're the total package. Cause you're good looking. <laughs> you're you, you look way younger than you are and you, and you got it all together. But some of us got to work with what God gave us. That's right. <laughs> Jerry's too sweet. And we compensate where he didn't provide. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Some way. Maybe that's why that's I, have a, I mean, I, I think I've tried to just think of my relationship with Shelby, you know, her and I were friends for, I mean, we still are friends, but we called each other BFFs because she was my BFF. You know, That's awesome. We met online, and and we were both in this like date, you know, just dating, you know, to date everybody, and and we just became friends, and and we stayed friends. You know what I mean? And we hung out all the time, and I mean, you know, we'd go to the pool together. We'd she'd go with me with my buddies, and you know what I mean? And I'm just trying to, I'm just like, as I'm, you guys are talking, I'm trying to evaluate this conversation. Like it's, it's weird because, and it doesn't mean that I didn't find Shelby attractive and in the beginning, you know what I mean? We wouldn't have matched online or whatever, but, but we never went there. You know what I mean? And, And that, and so I guess what's interesting to me and I'm trying to figure out for her and I, I think we, her and I always just, because we were in this dating mode it was a little bit like, you know, did you, she's like, Oh, I matched with this guy online or what, you know what I mean? That was a lot of our conversation. We had a connection through the, you know, the, the dating scene that we were both doing. And I think that it was kind of a little bit of her giving me advice and, and me giving her advice, you know what I mean? And that's kind of what drew us together. But I guess I'm trying to figure out like, when did it just, when we were both like, we're just friends and neither one of us had an interest in the, you know what I mean? Like, and that was very early on. So like, it wasn't like a line that was crossed, but it was just like a gradual accumulation of feelings yeah, that are like, okay, yeah, we're just friends and nothing's going to yeah, be Yeah, it's not like that, one person you know? tried something other than just like, was like, let's just be friends. Like mm-hmm. you said, you know, your situation or whatever. Yeah, we just became friends. Like it was weird. And and she was she was my BFF. Like she was like for a girl, you sure. know, I always said, you know, girl BFF or, you know, but I'm like, she was top of the line. You know, that, that, that's a, this is an interesting conversation because I know that, as well. Well, Kathy, our Jerry and I have a shared friend that uh, we matched online and then went on a coffee date and just were like, felt friends. Yeah. You know, she's beautiful. She's petite. Like there's nothing about her that's unattractive right. at all. Right. There just wasn't. And that's what it wasn't that. And that's what I'm trying to figure yeah. out. Where's that small lot? Like you, everything you just described. You could have described about someone that you did really like romantically. Right. So where's that really fine, slim line between where it crosses over between? Okay, no, I really like you. See here, that's okay. what I don't know what that is. And this Here's, is and this is why Lance is better at asking questions. Right, exactly. <laughs> well, because okay, so I'm thinking of a situation right now, the, the Harry Potter girl. Yeah. So I met her ten years ago. Mm-hmm. 
10, 10 years ago at her sister's wedding, mm -hmm. she was the maid of honor. I specifically remember meeting her. Mm -hmm. She's, I mean, she is beautiful. All the, of course, but it's not like she's a Victoria's secret model. I mean, she's extremely beautiful to me, but she, again, it's not like she's a Victoria's secret model, but I remember what she was wearing. Mm -hmm. I remember where I met her. I remember everything. And at this point I was married. So yeah. like it was nothing like, yeah. I, yeah, I you weren't her. thinking no, about her after being like, oh, where, how can I get a hold of that girl? No, right. I was not in that mindset at all. But I just remember her. Yeah. I remember noticing her and I remember feeling these feelings of like, like there's a connection like there. There was a connection in that. Like, yeah. wow, why am I like, yeah. I feel this attraction to this girl. Yeah. This is very weird. Yeah. Literally 10 years later right. ish, eight to 10, 10 years. Right. I get divorced. Mm hmm. We stumble across each other online. Mm -hmm. She's been married and then divorced. Mm -hmm. And we rekindle like this, like a little friendship, you mm -hmm. know, chit-chatting, right? Mm -hmm. Cause she just got divorced mm -hmm. and, and I just told her, you know, cause I, for whatever reason, I feel extremely safe with her. And I just told her, I said, I don't know how to say this, but I am so attracted to you. And I was attracted to you from the moment I met you 10 years ago, but then it was extremely pure, very mm -hmm. innocent. I was married. You were engaged to get married. You know, I was at your sister's wedding. Like it was that unconscious, like you don't have a decision like, oh, this person's beautiful. Yeah. Like there, I like, literally, I, there was nothing I could do to stop. But my what way you're describing is like a good, it's not a choice. No, it was not a choice. And here we are now she's single. I'm single. And you know, we're, we're, you know, chatting. But um, I think what you're saying, if if you were using that example to kind of answer what I was asking, it sounds like what you're saying is there was just some sort of unspoken chemistry there that was different from other girls. Because you you oh I've met thousands right. of girls, and so yeah. is that is that what you're saying? Is that that line between the two? And now let me throw another let me throw another angle at this. Jerry will appreciate us three will appreciate it. Luke will hopefully never have to experience this. Yeah. But but. When yes. you're married, and I'll say this to Luke, which is a weird dynamic. When you're married, what, 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 like, am I not old enough to drink? Go good. Am you I, want one? Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> when you're married, you know, you think about this with Maddie, right? Like, okay. like you, you know, you're, you cherish her. You're going to protect her. If, if another guy showed her attention, you know, you're, you're going to be like, dude, you know, you're going to become territorial, right? Like, I'm just trying to just set the scene for you to say, Maddie is yours and, and, that's important to you. Well, then you, let's say you guys have kids together, blah, blah, blah. 20 years later, you get divorced. Now you make this transition in your mind between here's a woman that I was in love with, married to, had kids, would have fought and for in my relationship. And now she's coming over to my house with her new husband or something. And it feels just totally normal to you. Like, like all those feelings that you had. And, and the reason I'm bringing that up as an opposite angle is because I'm saying, there's this moment as friends, right? That you, to your point, you cross over very quickly. Like maybe it's a, it's a, it's a vibe or a chemistry that you have. There's also this moment when you had that chemistry with someone that you would love with. And it flipped back to the other side that it's like, you kind of see where I'm going a little bit. A little bit. It, it's, it's like a weird dynamic that I think is odd that it's like, you can have this like Michelle's ex. He, he comes over because of Zane that it picks him. He and I talk all the time and it's like, you don't sit around and think like, is this, like, or like I'm married to your wife that you was your wife. And like, it's just a weird dynamic, but it's not weird at all because 
people have made the shift in your mind. And had that had that three that per, that three ring relationship gone off maybe uh, six months before they got divorced, he'd have been fisticuffs with me, right? But now we're we're buddies, right? So it's like it's just this weird dynamic in your mind that gets that gets shifted back and forth. And I've always been kind of perplexed by that. So like, so what are you asking? Is like. Well, I guess what I'm trying to say is that it's a weird there's we know that you can be friends with someone and it's a fine line between that and becoming romantically engaged with someone, you know, into a relationship with someone. What is that feeling that you have? And then I guess the same thing on the opposite side, you can be in a relationship with someone that you love very much. And I'm not talking about someone you just dated like Timmy described and then it just kind of fizzled and you became friends. I'm talking about someone that you married for 20 years and had kids with and it flips back to the old where you're like. That's fine. I don't care if you go out with the other guys. And I mean, you know what I mean? Like, I don't have those feelings for anymore. So what ha- where is that transition that happens? Is it a mental thing? Is it what what happens to make that you jump back and forth between those two lines? I think it is attachment. Like you no longer thank you, Jerry, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Cheers, cheers everybody. Cheers. Here, here. Mm. Four guys in a bottle uh, scotch. I think this is the first <laughs> time. Damn, that's good. The first time there's been actual whiskey here. Yes, actually. <laughs> no, that's not true. Well, when Janky's oh, well, here, we've brought yeah. uh, whiskey got rum. and uh, rum. Oh with yeah, rum. Oh, that's right. Oh, you rum. still have some of that up there? I bet. I do. Yeah. yeah. By the way, where's old Steve, Steve Janky? Who? The, the difference become is attachment. Like you're attached to this yeah. person. Yeah, I think you may be onto something there. And then once you become, I no idea what it's like. You know. 20 with your situation but yeah at some point you let go and you let go of those feelings of insecurity of this i need to be this person's person mm-hmm. all the time mm-hmm. and then you become comfortable just existing after that you know the love is definitely Boy, luke really tried to take the podcast yeah, to a Lord. deep level i mean come on gosh luke <laughs> that you was know, good go from angry masturbation to this <laughs> <laughs> Man, I'll tell you, you know, the, the wild thing about life, and I've had just enough to drink to feel my tongue's getting a little bit loose. Oh, boy. But, you know, I was married for 25 years, and I've said this yeah. before, that for 25 years, I was deeply, madly in love with my yes. ex. Yes. Um, and then it is wild to then be divorced, and someone that you you deeply loved in in so many different ways now is now, just a friend yeah and it's someone that i deeply love like right. like if she was default like i had a really terrible dream which i don't even want to talk about but and like she, well yeah you dream, still have she a became, lo- she became ill okay and i remember in the dream i was just like it didn't make me want to you know remarry right, her or anything right. but it, but it 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 was like it just yeah. grabbed me yeah. deep in my soul like yeah no, like I don't want She's an important person on yes, Timmy's landscape I mean, and she yes. always will be. She will always be a dear yeah. person in my life. The same for me. Michelle and I talk about this all time. I have a toxic relationship with my ex. I mean, we don't even hardly talk anymore now that the kids are older, oh, which is great. Bad. But it's but it but before it was terrible. You know what I mean? Yeah. But of course I still have a love for her. You know what yeah. I mean? Like you don't have a well, exactly, but it, yeah. But, see, mine's different. So I actually, I actually like her and love her. I'm just not. I don't have that in love. You know what I mean? Like I don't. I don't like. Oh, I'm longing for us to get back together. Yeah. No, I don't have that. But isn't that fascinating that the mind can make that transition? 
I think it partly, Lance, this is so good. I think it's because I believe love is a decision. There's a feeling like, you know, back to the Harry Potter girl. I saw her. There was something that attracted me to her and it's lasted for eight to 10 years. Right. I see her again. She's single. I'm single. She mentions being attracted to me. I'm attracted to her. Who knows? It maybe it's yeah. nothing. It whatever. Who knows? But like when I think about how you you can be so attracted to someone, but then it also comes to a point, like even with the Harry Potter girl, I guess I if she said, I'm not interested in you, I don't want anything to do with you, then I would literally flip the switch in my mind and say, Well, I'm not interested in you either. Like so, I would just flip that switch. You know what I mean? So, so I, maybe I wonder if it goes back to what you and I were talking about with happiness. I wonder if that's that gives us an insight into how the brain works, right? That when we hear information that we know is going to hurt us, we we automatically go into protection mode to re kind of frame frame it. the story. You know, and so yeah. you, the mind goes to work to you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. and it's like, yeah, I mean, I, I'll never forget this. I went out with a girl, we talked. And maybe I saw her and then I started dating someone and then I got back on the app and we saw each other again. And I was like, oh, you're back out. I was like, you know, and she was someone that I was interested in. And we had talked for a little bit. We went out and it went OK. But I remember texting her when we got home and I was like, man, I thought we had a great connection. And she's like, I didn't think we did. Immediately, my mind flipped. I was like, yeah, what was I thinking? It was like, I mean, I, I use that example a lot because I was forcing the connection onto something. But but it was interesting to me that it was like how I could when she gave me new information back, it was kind of like the scales. It was like, yeah, you're right. Maybe I was trying to force something and my mind just, you know, automatically flipped. And I wonder if it does that to protect itself a little bit. Maybe it's like the biggest turn on is when someone wants you back. And when that's gone, so is your affection. That yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good point. Yeah. I also, I'm also thinking too, that it it's it with my relationship with Michelle how important it is. I think whenever, let me back up. If you would have asked me when I was married, my, my, my first marriage early on, I would have been very passive. I would have been like, we're married. We're Christian. We're never going to get divorced. Like, it's just like, you just assume by default that, you know what I mean? Like God you're going to you're gonna stay together. Right. Like, and then, and you realize that it was like, when I look back, I'm like, man, I didn't do a very great job of, you know, cultivating the garden. And I think with my relationship with Mel or with Michelle, Mel, Mel, <laughs> Michelle, <laughs> with Michelle is just that I've got to be, you can get into this passive mode where you've got to make sure that you're doing enough for the relationship that she would never want to put you in the friend zone, even unconsciously, like Luke's saying. I know that yeah. sounds weird, like, but don't I get too don't get too comfortable, right? Like at any moment. If you are passive and you're not you're not being the one that that she signed up for a little bit, I mean, obviously there's some grace and latitude there. You know what I mean? But but I do think that that can happen very easily, and I think it, on her side as well. That remind, reminds me of this really interesting book that I read. That it was about uh, uh, it's called The Alabaster Girl, and the guy the author described attraction as like women desire these two different levers one is that lever of stability and one is like the lever of like adventure and excitement when one guy has only the lever of stability you know he's kind of boring not a lot of attraction there but if it's only the lever of excitement and oh right i think it's good yeah then there's then she won't feel 
she'll feel excitement, but she won't feel like secure in the relationship. Mm-hmm. It's like the perfect balance. We have both those levers pulled. Yeah, that's good. We have stability and that excitement to avoid getting into that. Isn't an alabaster something like you hang around your neck and sink though? Or no, is that, why do they call it the, why did they call her the alabaster girl? I think the way the author wrote the book is like he was on a train. That's an albatross. I think what I'm trying to think of, but I don't know. Anyway, I like the concept though. You're right. It's like, you've got three or four or five dials and you need to know what those are. And it's, it's not going tens on all of them. Like you got to know how to kind of dial them in and out. Right. It's like, I know that I am loved unconditionally, but you can't get comfortable. I like, okay, come on for more eat pizza, watch TV. Right. 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 It's, like you got to nurture it. And I think guys get like that. Yeah. I, I get really cozy. Michelle said that to me here recently. She said, um, she said, I think that you like, hopefully I'm not saying something that she would have been like, I said that to you in confidence, but uh, she said, I think you like the idea of the concept of me being here around a lot. And I was like, wait, what? I was like, no, I'm like, I love being. And I think and that was just her way of describing that when we were dating, it was different because I might not see her for a couple of days. And then when I saw her, it was this excitement like, Oh, it's good to see you. We see each other all the time. Now we're in the house together. We sleep together. We wake up, we get dressed. You know what I mean? Like, so you lose some of that novelty, a little bit of it. And I think she's kind of going through that little bit of a transition, but that's a transition that we've had. This is, this is good for both of you. If you ever get into a relationship, thank you that you have to transition from being a dating couple to a married couple because if you're dating, it's different if you're living together and dating, because then you're kind of being married. But if you're, if you're, some of the problems that I got into was some of the issues that we had were around the fact that, that you could leave that, that person's home and go back to your house, you back to your own. So it, even though later on, when you both moved into the same roof and those problems arose, it was like, she didn't like, I used to love red solo cups. Cause I just like to throw them away. Not have to do Well, she was like no red solo cups when we get married. You know what I mean? And so, and so it's just like little bitty things like that, but it's like, go ahead, Jerry. No, no, oh, I, no. But I, but I guess my, I guess my point is just you, Timmy and I've talked about this offline a lot. And that is, I'm just rambling. I feel like, but, no, this is but I, but I, but it, you have to be able to figure out like the problems that you had or you saw when you were dating you don't, they don't have that visceral reaction that you, when you have, when you both, when you move in together, those, those issues become your issues. I'm just making this up. You could go to Maddie's and hopefully I'm not touching on something. You've never mentioned this, you know, and it's like, she's just clothes all over the floor or something, you know, and you're kind of like, this is just Maddie's house, you know, like, fine. It doesn't bother me. I don't live here. Luke goes back to his own place. Right. Right. When Maddie and Luke get married and Maddie's clothes are all over the floor, it's like, pick your shit up. Right. right. (laughs) It's like now Maddie's dirty room. And it's like, that's, you got to figure out how to make that transition between the two of you. And, and that's not easy when you're 50. And so I think that's, that was one thing that was hard for us. And I think Michelle and I are going through, I mean, we're in a year now, but COVID probably was a little bit of an issue with this. And that was when you spent all the time together, all the time, it took away from a little bit of the special times when we went out to dinner or the dates, because it just looked like it was an extension of what we've been doing for the rest, the other eight or 10 hours all that day. You know yeah. what I mean? And so I don't really know what my point is, but maybe you guys can make some COVID, that. COVID, <laughs> COVID created two things, a lot more babies. Right. And a yes, lot more did. divorces. When you're 24-7. Oh, I was. 
So when you're 24 seven living with somebody, you know, and you're not used to that nine to five going off to the job and coming back yeah. and that kind of thing, you really get to know somebody. So, yes. I mean, I think this last year for a lot of married couples has really been a telltale sign. I mean, yeah. it's like, okay, you, you are, you are my person or, you know, there's, you know, little things or big things that I just can't, I can't get past or I can't, you know, right. I can't, uh, I can't get around it. Yeah. So, and, and going back to, to what you were saying earlier about, um, you know, about, you know, settling into a relationship, I think, I think men and women are, they love the thrill of the chase, especially men more so. I yes. mean, go back to caveman days. We were hunters. Yes. You'd go yeah. out, hit it over the head, bring it home. Right. I love to chase the right. man. I'm telling you when they don't fucking it's like tennis. If I hit you the fucking ball, hit the goddamn fucking ball back. <laughs> well, thank you. And that kind of goes in, in, in it, it kind of ties in with vulnerability. And what we were Timmy talking Gibson. about. If you're going to, if you're going <laughs> to, if you're going to, you know, if you're going to go out with somebody and, and you want to be real with them and you don't want to be this bad boy that, that girls are attracted to. And, you know, and you want to keep your heart, you know, cl close to your vest and that kind of thing. The minute that you, you know, give them your feelings and tell them how you feel. And you get a little vulnerable. They freaking run for the hill. <laughs> Jerry, listen, here's the, I, I was thinking about this today. A friend was asking me, he goes, man, he goes, how many, how, you know, what do you, how do you live your life? Like he's married. And he's like, are you like fucking chicks all the time? Right. I'm like, dude, yes. My first year after divorce. Yes. <laughs> I was wild. Yeah. And you know, I was just living very wild. And now I had a friend ask me this just the other day. He goes, you know, how many, how many girls do you have every night of the week? You know, like mm -hmm. Sally on Monday, Rebecca on Tuesday. And I was like, <laughs> I mean, I could do that. The problem is, and Jerry and I've talked about I'd, this. I'd have your ass. Well, the problem is I've reached a stage in my life where, yes, I have women, uh, I had a woman hit me up the other day. Like, Hey, what are you doing? You want me to come over? You know, and I just, it's like, you know what? I just, I'm not into just fucking like i want to sleep with someone that i care about that i want to snuggle with that right. i want to like want no <laughs> right. and you know that i mean and that i don't say this this might sound i've had enough scotches that i'm saying this right now i could literally have a different girl here every night of the week i don't want that though Right. I mean, it's like i i could i could literally every night of the week have a different woman here fucking having fun whatever but the problem is those aren't the women that I want to, I mean, there might be some of it them comes back there. to Luke's point. You, yeah, you can't like, attach wanna, any, you no. can't attach to a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, different girl every, and that's right. deep within There's, our core right. is the attachment. There's certain women that I am interested in that I would be, you know, more like that. Like, yes, like the Harry Potter girl. Oh, I would see her every night. Um, you know, there's other people that I'm like, I've met that I thought, oh, like they're interesting. You know, I'm interested in them. The, the I think the challenge that I'm running into right now, and I'm, I'm curious what, what Jerry, because Jerry and I are the only two single guys. And here. I got a question for the two single guys after. The, you know, the, the challenge that I'm running into is not a lack of attention or getting fucked. You know, my whole, my whole vibe is a fuck boy look, which is not what I want, but I, that's it can't help out people. right i mean i can go to a bar i can get someone that's like oh he's tattooed long hair let's fuck him <laughs> but that's that's not 
like I feel like the girl. It's like that's just not what I want. Though. I'm not a piece of meat. I'm just <laughs> you just want me for my body <laughs> or my hair. That's not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for like this deep connection. Like I are want you? you. Are I you? Really are am. you? Are you to me? But here's the thing, Lance. Until you find that, but. Right? Yes. Like until I find someone that I'm interested in them, they're interested in me. If if that if there's that mutual connection, I'm really curious what Jerry would say. I'm into you, you're into me. I'm good. As like monogamy, I'm totally down for monogamy. Mm -hmm. If I'm into you and you're into me. Oftentimes what I'm running into is either I'm into you, you're not into me. Or you're really into me, and I'm just like, oh, I'm not really into you. I mean, uh, Jerry, I mean, what? where are you at on this thing? Because, you know, you're a sweet guy like me. Well, number one, here's two guys that are single that are, that are in their 50s. And that's a whole lot different than being single in your 20s or your 30s. Yeah. Right? I mean, I'm 55 next Friday. Right, I, I am fucking a really. Yes. Don't you lie to us, Jerry? God, you know, no, Jerry's that, that, a that, sexy you, motherfucker. I mean, I'm telling you, what, I would this, switch my body with that looks, motherfucker right today. This shit looks good for 55. It does. Said no one. <laughs> but 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 it is different, you know. When you're 55 and you're in the third quarter, yeah, of, of your game, yeah, right, yep. You start to think a little bit differently. Now, I can seriously just say. I know that I have just done nothing since my divorce, but self-sabotage myself. I have met, I don't know if numerous is the word, but I have met a, a, a handful of girls that could have been something forever, but I would get to feeling something and I would self-sabotage it. I would run the other way because the pain that I felt mm. in my divorce. Yeah. You didn't want to feel that again. Of losing what you thought was your partner for the rest of your right. life. I never Fuck. want to feel that pain again. And so the joy of the possibility and the joy of something that could be right gets outweighed by the possibility that if it didn't work out, I would feel that pain again and I'll never do that again. And what do I do? I run the other way and, and, and I do exactly what I can't stand women that do that. Yeah. Right. And so I would chase and chase and chase and I would meet somebody and we would have a connection and they're ready to, to, to kind of settle down a little bit. And I would go the other way. Mm -hmm. And I don't like that about myself, but I, you know, I, I, I feel what I feel, you know, I, and Timmy said this a, a minute ago that fall in love is a choice. Well, for me, I don't think that it's a choice. I mean, my head could tell me this, this person's got everything, but if I don't feel it in my heart, I don't feel it in my heart. And I think, I, I don't want to say that I'm broken, but I used to go tell my therapist, hey, I'm broken. And he's like, that's bullshit. Mm -hmm. I'm like, no, I'm broken. I want to be in a committed relationship and I want to settle down and find my person. Mm -hmm. and he's like, well, then why don't you? I said, because I just, I don't know why. That's why I'm paying you 150 fucking dollars an hour. <laughs> I'm scared, motherfucker. <laughs> well, yeah, if I, you did, if I, you did know why and you described it to him, what would you say? Just based on what you do know, what would you say? If I knew why? Yeah. It's a great question. I haven't thought about it that way. Because you, you, there's, there's something there you do know. You know what I'm saying? Like, you may not know. Like, he, may be, he or she may be able to explore it a little bit with, with you deeper down. But I guess, I make, when someone says that, I'm like, 
you know, it's let me let me put it in a context that you and I are familiar with the kids. You know, it's like why, you know, we agreed that you were supposed to be home by midnight, but it's 1230. Why weren't you here at 1230? And your daughter says, I, I don't know why. What would you say to her at that point? I mean, obviously, that's a little different situation because yours is emotional and psychological. And so it's a little bit different to deep, you know, dig down. But I guess my point is everybody has a starting place. So I'm wondering where that starting place is for you. My starting place would be, even if I'm not feeling it in my heart, if my head tells me they check off all the boxes, hang in there, hang in there and, and, and try to make a go of it. And I did that a couple of times and it didn't turn out well. Mm. Um, what was, the, let me ask you this. What was the feeling that you felt with that breakup as you contrasted it with the divorce breakup or was it any different? Nothing because I never let them get into my heart. I never, I, my head said, hang in there, hang in there and, and, and your heart will come around. Always kept him like at an arm's distance. Always at an arm's distance with, with my with my yeah. emotions. And so um, you know, you use the L word. I mean, if you use the L word, you gotta feel it, right? Oh, yeah. And, and too many people throw that L word out there because I, I got a theory on that though. Michelle and I were talking about this last week. And I mean, this is a guy that's fifty one and I'm talking and I'm like, you 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 know, and 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 it's not unknown that Michelle, you know, said I said, What are you feeling like on the first night? And she was like, I almost like I love you. Like she didn't, but she I was described that. Like literally when you but, told me that I was like, I made me love Michelle more than I already do because she's with you. I love you. But, too. I mean, seriously, yeah. there's something about her, but here's what vulnerability I, to tell yes, you that so soon. Yes. And here's what, this is what I look back on. I'm like anyone for whatever reason, societally or whatever, we'd be like, Oh, you can't love someone after the first date. We know that, but I guess, but, but, but no one, there's no switch. It goes back to that fine line we were just talking about when it moves from friend to to having some romantic. You don't know what that is. It just happens. And I don't even know that for us, when we look back on it, the three of us have been in love and out of love, right? And it's like, could you look back on it and say, oh, I know, I know really what love is. Now, we know what love is in the sense that we still have a fond affection for that person, even after right. they've hurt us and all that. Like that may be a way to describe it, but there's no like moment from darkness to light that you like, oh, I can tell you when I fell in love, there may be moments, but it comes back to that gradual falling in love. Yeah. And maybe the way that Michelle expressed it that first night and I felt it, it's just, we were expressing something that we didn't know that we were feeling, but it just kind of blo bloomed over time. You know what sure. I'm saying? And I had a reason for that. Oh, um, I don't know where I'm going to make a transition, but Jerry, J Timmy and I talked about this last week. I think we, I remember the concept and that was when you listen to Guy Raz and how I built this, someone said on there, if you're building a business, you can't just build it on the side and still be working a nine to five job with benefits and all that on the side, because you're going to come to a place where it's going to get hard. And if you've got one foot in on stable ground, and the other one's real shaky because they don't look like the business is going to go off. What are you going to do? You're going to shut the thing down and go back to safety, right? And they said, if you're an entrepreneur, you can't do that. you got to be 100% sold out to that business because it's going to get to a place where it's probably going to look like it fails. And it's that that moment that you become real creative and in, ingenuity steps in that you save that business. And, and if you had something that you could go back to, you wouldn't have done that. And yeah. I think that's what I struggle with a little bit with the whole dating a whole bunch of people and all this. I'm on Timmy's ass these last <laughs> month, and he hates it, but I'm keep driving it. But it gives you an out. It's like, hey, this didn't feel right. It gives you me. It's like, that's fine. I go home and start swiping on some others real quick. But right? I, I think your scenario, I think your scenario makes more sense in marriage than it does dating. Okay. When your marriage, a la that business, 
hits that point where shut down or move on, shut down or move on. Too many people get divorced. Yes. We're done. We're out. Yes. Yes. The people that go to counseling that that two people agree. Yeah. Hey, let's go work this out. This is, this is important. Let's work this out. But can't the same thing happen? And this is where I was going with it happen with you emotionally in that if you know that you're kind of like Jerry just shuts things down when it gets to a 10, because in your mind, you know, 10 is where your heart starts to hurt. So it gets to a nine. And the moment you feel a 10 to Luke's point, you put the, you push them back. And so you're never really committed to getting it. And, and that could have gone to an 11, but you'll have no idea because you've always got one foot where you see where I'm kind of going. There's no collateral damage. There's no collateral damage. When you're married, there's collateral damage. You got houses, you got cars, you got kids, yeah. you got time. You've got a lot of things going on. When you're dating, there's you're not living together most of the time, right? There's right. no there's no collateral damage. Right. And 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 how do we break up these days? We don't even have a conversation. We text. Yeah, hey, I'm just not feeling that's it. Tough, right. You know, and you shoot the text off and you don't even have to look them in the in the eye. Right. <laughs> right. I had a girl tell me that the other day. She said in, in my coaching practice, she said, Yeah, she goes, I was in this relationship for like over a year. She goes, literally, he broke up with me via text. Mm. And I'm like, what? I'm like, what kind of motherfucker breaks up via text? A pussy. Well, exactly. That like, goes really to me. I circle back to the beginning where we said the rite of passage. I think that's where we're all saying that, right? Because we, for whatever reason, we believe the male ought to be like, have the honor or whatever to stay at like be a face to face. But bitch. today it's all about text. I mean. 90% of their relationship talking was probably on text. So why wouldn't he break up with her on text? My point is, is that we've not, if, if he would have said, you know what, that's just not the man, the, the right thing to do as a ma- male here, man, whatever. Right. Because he had been taught a code to live by. You know what I mean? And I don't, that feels like we're losing that a little bit. And that's probably why we feel like, you know, text is okay. Well, and, and, going and ghosting back, or anything. Going back to your, your podcast with Stacy about ghosting. It doesn't matter whether you've been with somebody a year or you've dated somebody for a couple of weeks. They deserve just to hear the truth. Now, the truth may hurt. Yes. And you may be an asshole. Right. But at least you're not a lying asshole. Right. And it ought to be a moment for your growth opportunity. Right. Just say, hey, I'm I'm not feeling it. And, and, and don't go cliche. Oh, you're great. It's me. Oh, it's not gosh, you. Yes. Just, hey, I'm not feeling it. It's not. It's truly not fair to you. Yeah. I'm not going to get there. I don't see it going anywhere. Sorry. Yep. But be honest. Yes. You know? Yes. Yeah. I've wondered, you know, we, when Stacy and I talked about what is ghosting for me, like if I'm chit chatting with, and I'm curious what you guys think genuinely for me, if I'm chatting with someone or like you guys in the past, if I was chatting with someone and we weren't intimate, like, do I owe you some kind of, Hey, I'm just not feeling an attraction. Good luck to you. Like there's a part of me. It's like, if we're chit chatting and it's just not there, I just kind of fall off. It just fizzles. It just fizzles. Yeah. Like it's a fizzle. But if, if I've been intimate with you, I ain't fucking breaking up with you by text. Like if we've been intimate, what's the difference between a fizzle and a ghost and a fizzle in my mind is, you texted on Monday and it's like, they didn't get back to you till Tuesday night. That's so sorry. You texted on, fr- I'm just making, you know, right, Friday. Right. They didn't get back to you till Monday. It's like fizzling. it just starts to lengthen a little bit. Right. It's like, it just kind of fizzles. It's not that you're texting and they just don't text back. Maybe that is ghosting. I don't know. But right. I guess what's the difference between a fizzle and a ghost? I, yeah, that's, that's a good question because I don't, I don't, 
if someone message me messages me, I don't feel like I have any any obligation to message them back. So some people feel that's ghosting. You should you oh, like no like if you get a lot of messages, I don't want to fucking message everybody that messaged me. Right. You know what I mean? And so, especially when you're a female, I, I was with a female friend of mine the other night and she showed me on hinge or one of the fucking bumble is bumble. She had 72 oh. fucking messages. Oh, that's how all girls are. I mean, or 72, whatever matches. Yeah. And she was like, it's, it's overwhelming. She's like, it's over. And she's, you know, she's pretty. Yeah. And she's like, it's overwhelming. Oh, I, every I, girl that I've talked to said that perspective. Shelby like, told me that. And, fuck? and that's the reason Shelby always said, when you message someone, you've, you've got to like read their profile and get a little, you can't, she, and I, she showed me all, it was like, hi, Hey, I think you're cute. This is all they said, like message after message, hundreds of them. Right. Michelle and I, when we matched on match, yeah, what she, she said, I'm sure she, she, had a ton of she, she didn't, she didn't message me back for she, the first message that I got from her was, Hey, thanks for liking my picture. But I'm I'm overwhelmed right now, and I'm going to be off of this for a few days. So I didn't no hear from shit. her for three or four days. This is the first time I'm hearing this. Yeah, I Lance. know. I know. You got to give us more details, that's motherfucker. When I that's when I drove up to her house. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that was, by the way, everybody loved that when I said I sent her a text, and then I called her, and you were like, and, and then, then you went to her house. <laughs> Escalation. No, but then, and she messaged me back. But I'm like, I feel like that's an advantage that online dating gives you. It it helps it helps you understand that you're you're going to throw some bidding out there and it's gonna it's gonna fail. You're gonna get some failed bids. And you learn very quickly that not everybody is going to find you attractive and don't take it personally, because you might have messaged a six in your mind and they didn't send back and and yet an eight did. And you're sitting there trying to like why would this eight send me a message back and the six didn't? You know right. what I mean? It's it's just weird thinking. <laughs> I've literally <laughs> this is me being a total asshole. <laughs> but there have been times where there was a girl that said, I'm not really not, I'm not sexually attracted to you. And I'm thinking, wait, what? What? You're a fucking four. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at right. least a six. Right. How the fuck are you not interested in me? Right. But that's just me and my ego. But I, I think that's uh I think it helps you it like I didn't freak out on that because I think I was kind of used to that a little bit. But if you meet someone out in public or I, I don't know, I'm just trying to think of I, I don't know where I was going. We talked we started on this because of the ghost and the fizzle thing. Right, right. And I think for me, if you if you here's where I think this is just not fully baked thought in my mind. But if you feel like there is a connect, the other person is pursuing something and you're really not feeling it. And you know they're texting you because they're wanting to continue. Yeah. I think that's when you maybe need to step in and say, "Hey, it's we're." But if you're to Luke's point, if you both kind of just fizzled out, like she texts you on Monday and you don't really care, it's like you text her back on Wednesday. You don't hear from her till Friday or Saturday, and, you don't and it's not that care. I think that's fine. You both just let it fizzle out. That's that's been part of the challenge for me. But if is, Michelle doesn't text me back in like three minutes, then it's a <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck, right? You know that that is the weird. It goes back to what Jerry and I have talked about millions of times. You and I. Yeah. You and I sat at Capital Girl the first time I ever met you through. 
And I was through texting some girl. And you and I, and the three of us sat at the bar, and you were texting a girl, and you're like, well, should I respond to her? And I'm like, no, fuck no, you don't respond to her. And Katie's like, yes, you need to respond to her right now. I go, no, you got to let her <laughs> You gotta let her sit on ice for about 12 hours. And she's like, no, you got to respond to her right now. And that's how you and I met was we had this long, grown-out conversation so Kathy, Kathy, because Kathy said, no, you got to respond to her and right Timmy now. Said, I said, no. uh-uh, put her on ice. Let's play this game. <laughs> put her on ice. <laughs> and that's part of the challenge. Well, you know, did you want to message her right then? I did. Absolutely. I did. Oh, it was Timmy. I, I thought it was I Jerry. No, no, messenger. Jerry said, but, wait. Kathy said, do yeah. it. And there's the whole deal, right? That's why you right? got to burners. There's that whole challenge, uh, the, the, the whole. Remember? Yeah, you needed a burn. You, need, you, <laughs> you do. Need, you got to have other people that you could just like text on the back, and yeah. it's like because it's an emotional thing that's happening. Yeah, yeah. But that whole that whole the thrill of the chase thing. Yep. You know, once the cheetah's got you, the cheetah's done. Oh. Cheetah's bored. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, except whenever, which they're... is why I say you can't sleep with them very early in the relationship because I feel like that you you you've given all the gold away right, right. at the beginning, or why you can't be yourself and be vulnerable and tell them how you feel. Well, okay, I dig the okay. hell out of you. Well, let me let they me run for the heels. Yeah, there's people I've had that kind of relationship with. I'm like, fuck, I feel so safe. But I you. feel like you've got to be wise in unfolding this. There's there's got to be you the amount of emotional trans vulnerability that you share has to be commensurate with where you're at in the relationship. Well, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. that's just some natural why. And I'll say, I went to a thing and I'm, I, in case someone's listening. Well, never mind. I think this person might be listening, so I don't, I'm not going to say it. I'll tell you guys offline. You know what the antidote for blowjobs is, don't you? <laughs> that would have been the place to cut it right there. And we'll be back right after this commercial break. <laughs> the antidote for blowjobs is wedding cake. What? <laughs> what? Jerry's ready to drop the mic, and we're all like, "What are you talking about?" Oh, I see. Could you get married? The minute you, the minute they taste wedding cake, the blowjob stop. Oh. That's not been oh, my experience. The thrill, yeah. the thrill, oh! oh! Fuck! The thrill of the chase is gone. I don't have to. God it's bless not America. Suck itself. <laughs> oh my God! Okay, so. Uh. I've definitely had two whiskeys right now or whatever the fuck I'm drinking. So <laughs> I can't believe I'm going to say this. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. How go. many of you guys, beep, beep. Have you guys the, literally. We don't have a beeper on that how thing. How many of you at some point in your life <laughs> tried, oh, no. tried to give yourself a blow? Oh, job? my God. <laughs> Timmy Joe Gibson. Where's the, where's the pause button? Right. God. God. <laughs> God, I've been doing yoga for a year trying to get flexible enough to do that. It, it's not happening. The reality is I tried it when I was a teenager. Uh, I couldn't oh, do it. Oh, my my yeah. gut's too big. I can't get down there. It was so funny. I've always wondered. I wonder if it would feel like well, a real blowjob. Uh, when to talk about vulnerability, I guess I never understood kind of what it was. I thought it was like the sucking. So I figured like you ought to be able to pull this off with one of the vacuum hoses or something. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a true story my mom oh my i cannot let you go here my mom, no, literally, my mom told me that my biological my biological father she went walked into the bedroom 
while he had a vacuum hooked up to his what? penis. What? Yes. Oh, my god. He was gosh. literally getting a blowjob from oh, a Kirby. No. A well, that, Kirby. That's better than a jar of peanut butter in the family dog. <laughs> oh, <laughs> fuck. I've heard that shit before. Oh, my oh, God. This this might be my last show, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Your wife's going to yeah, be. You're not allowed to go to Timmy's. Her show's like. Hell uh, to no, the no. Shoes. I can't compete with you. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. Okay. So we're, let's end this. We're almost done with this little oh. section here. We'll come back much more rated G. <laughs> we'll come back so, in months when, when you guys forget this. So a couple things. A couple things I've had a conversation with this week I thought was fascinating. As a guy, we've all had blowjobs. We all love them, of course. Someone told me, they said, oh, dude, have you ever had a blowjob blow with ice? And I was like, no, but like now I cannot stop thinking about it. <laughs> but then someone else said, have you ever had a blowjob with a girl that had a fucking tongue ring? And I was like, no, but dude, you're fucking with my mind right, right. now because now that's all I can think about. Blowjob, Jerry, with a well, ice I, or I had always heard that's ring? why why women get the tongue ring. That's well, why the fuck else would they get that damn thing? Right, right. But hold on, but let's, the, let's think about that. Really, let's think about think about what you like about a blowjob. How would the tongue ring help? You want that thing snagging on the foreskin? I don't have foreskin. <laughs> <laughs> Are, Are we you still recording? Circumcised? Are we? St- yeah. Oh, <laughs> man, we are getting vulnerable. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm talking about are... the. I'm talking yes, but I'm talking about the little bit of. There's still da- some that can get hung up down there. I guess so. I've just never had one with a with a tongue ring. Have you? Jerry? But I'm thinking, is it not all Jerry in the has. lips? I can tell by the look it's in all his in eyes. The lips. Well, the tongue ring with ice. The I, combo. Oh, oh my, sh- my. Fuck. Well, that's because, was it awesome? it, because it got oh, snagged the, the and it was real up. Ice is a real thing. It feels, Shit. Yeah. Fuck! I need to experience well, that. Know, like, 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 she just like eats some ice and rolls it around. That's like, what I've heard. It's about the mouth being cold. It's more about so the mouth being cold. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, but I, I'm I'm telling you, the tongue ring doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Be- I, I don't because I I'm thinking I've heard it's, it's awesome, but I've literally never experienced it. How could it be awesome though? I guess there's something about the the you know the ball of the of the ring rubbing yeah. up on the shaft. I don't know. I mean, literally, I just had a guy tell me, he "Goes, can you can you can you see if you can get that done this week and then come uh, back and, and report back? <laughs> can you report back? <laughs> I'll find out. <laughs> well, you, I mean, if one of you shows up next week with a tongue ring, I'm uh, <laughs> I'm out. I'm, I'm done. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> like what yeah. the fuck is right. going on? Yeah. <laughs> Luke just put it all together right there. Oh my God. Well, listen, we're going to take a short commercial break <laughs> and come back with some rated G content to finish up the podcast today. Thanks for listening. What, what's, so, what, are, what are our topics? Oh, so, good. <laughs> Oh, we gotta so, we gotta get to best best movie and what's we'll okay. Let's, let's go. Cry. So let's before we go to all these women movie. and then listen, we gotta redeem ourselves. <laughs> oh yeah, we're not just picking. Like, yeah. so, guys, well, best mo- best movie is Notebook. I yeah. don't care if it's not, but we gotta redeem yeah. ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> let's agree right now. That's right. the one. Right. So okay, we're we're back. We're back. So <laughs> we have to talk about this because listen, here's the deal: the audience that that listens to our podcast are between 30, 30s 
and 40s and 50s, the primary audience is in that 30s, 40s, and 50s. Mm-hmm. There's some 20s, some obviously right. over. And so I get women all the time that tell me, Timmy, I love your podcast. I love hearing guys being vulnerable, talking honest, sharing well, they're gonna, feelings. They're going to love this one then. <laughs> Good so, Lord. Here's something I think, like literally, we talked about this off air, and I'm like, you know what? Let's fuck it. Let's let's fucking talk about it. Blowjobs. So, please, whatever you do, don't put that in the title. Then I won't. <laughs> so, but but that's a that's a it, it's a thing, right? Just like men going down on women, They're, right? There's a thing. How you do it? Blah, 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 yeah. All the stuff. G spot. Plutorious. The whole thing. There's a there's there's some stuff there. Well, with a blowjob. I feel like men have it much easier than the women in oral sex. Yes. Yes. Oh, I, yes. It's, because it's, it's nothing going in our mouth per right. se. Right. Unless they have a huge yeah. clit. But right. You can't really mess that up. You no, know what I mean? It's right. There's nothing entering you per, yeah. per se. But all blowjobs are not created equal. I remember when I was in college, and I hate to admit this, but I was in seminary. It was in Bobo College. Mm-hmm. There was a girl from Estonia. Estonia? Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. And oh, the country. Right. Yeah. 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 She's from the country, Estonia. And she, of course, right, we were Christian, right? So you couldn't have intercourse, but you could do blowjobs. Oh, Lord. And she did that on me. Probably. But you got kicked out for having a. Um, a wine cooler. A wine cooler, right. but I didn't confess to the. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) They asked me. They oh, they me, did. They asked me if I had it been sexually sex active. Or, yeah, and I said no. I didn't want to out the Estonia girl. Yeah. So she gave me the most unbelievable blowjob ever. So a lot of women live in, listen to our podcast. We'll they keep, they did. We'll, we'll keep it classy, <laughs> San Diego. Right. They did. Yeah. We'll keep it classy, San Diego. But I've had a lot of women tell me that in their forties and fifties, we want you guys to get saucy, like talk about shit. So when it comes mm. to blowjobs. We've all had good blowjobs. We've all had blow bad blowjobs. Um, I know that for me, right, the teeth being an issue, um, you know, really, you know, quote unquote, like really <laughs> clamping down on it. Like there are certain things you can do and not do to make a blowjob wonderful. And I, I, you know, I don't know what else to, what I would say to the the women that listen to the podcast about you know knowing how to give a b- good blowjob is learn like go online find out how to give a good blowjob. For me, the the whole porn blowjob, fuck that. I don't. I am not into you gagging like you're gonna fucking throw up. Yeah, that is disgusting to me. Yeah, I've had girls do that, and I've literally said, you know, can you stop? Can you like stop? Like literally, I'm gonna go soft. If you act like you're gagging, the other thing, the other thing I don't get is when they do the whole, like out the side of the cheek thing that like, I don't get like, what's that? Yeah. I'm like, stay on the sensitive part. Yeah. The head, the mushroom top, like stay on the top end of the thing. Don't, you don't need to. I mean, it is pretty cool if they can take that whole thing, whatever. That's cool. But that's like, whatever, you know, I feel like with a blowjob i cannot believe you throw me into this conversation i'm gonna freaking <laughs> your wife your... is so proud oh my <laughs> gosh um i i think that it anatomically the body is just designed that you know when you're having intercourse it's going to feel good like 
Ninety percent, just the way yeah. that yeah. I don't know if anything that feels better than right. that, Lance. Well, and I'm just saying, like, if you're if it if a stove's hot, you're gonna get burned by touching it. It's just naturally how the physics of the thing work, right? I feel like with a blowjob, though, it may not always come out the way that you think that it's gonna turn out. And I'm wondering if that because it's it's different, right? It's like your mouth's not a it's not a vagina, and you know. Right. And so I'm wondering if it's the it's the context around it that brings a little bit of the yes. the excitement to it. You know what I mean? It it's it it's different than it it adds some flair to your sexual life, and it's not necessarily the act that's amazing as much as it is how the person the guy is interacting with the girl and all those types of things you know that makes it a good good, good thing i mean there's no doubt that that uh my first so right after my divorce i was a little more wild you know mm-hmm. and i think about one particular person she enjoyed it like she enjoyed it like you, i enjoy right. going down on a woman she enjoyed doing that yeah Feed, feedback is oh huge my. God, yeah. she, I mean, like, it was almost like she was orgasming yeah. by doing that to yeah. me, yeah. which really heightened. Well, the and think about me. us as guys, when you're, when you're there, like when you know that you're pleasuring the other person, oh, like that, yeah, that, you love it. Oh. And it's not, it's not, it's, you're not even getting Your pleasure is. Yes. Yeah. The more yeah. they're turned on, the more you're like, yeah. 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 Now, I'll, let me say this. Is that a male thing? Because we, because going back to what we're saying about masculinity, we're all about the performance. So when we're doing it, it's like, yeah, that's right. Old Jerry is right here in Dano. Jerry's home. You know what I mean? It's like, do we see it more as a, where the woman is more connecting with the act in itself? And you know what I'm saying? Where us guys are kind of like, yeah, like, you know, I'm going to be number. Like, you're going to think about me for days after this. <laughs> you know, and it's like, no, I'm not. You know, I'm yeah. wondering if that's a male thing. Well, I think oral sex is more intimate than, than intercourse. Yes, I, <laughs> I can only, yes. I, I, yeah. I you know, so yeah. Get back to you when you're in seminary, you know, oral. And I had a buddy of mine at, at K-State who, was a virgin until he got married, but he probably had a thousand blowjobs. He didn't think he was having sex. I'm like, dude, God, God does not think right. One hole versus the next, you know, right. you know, there, that's not how <laughs> yeah, that God works. was saying to Jesus. Hey, look at that. Yeah, He's only doing God, it in the God, mouth. Bless it's all his, good. Bless his heart. It's just another <laughs> blowjob. He's fine. I'll allow it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Go stand in that line over there. <laughs> Every you have it. You have it totally sinned. You're just part. Yeah. Fun science fact: the cells on the inside of the cheek are the exact same cells as the inside of the vagina. Whoa! You, the I, scientists. I can see that. Drop some fucking. I can see that. Here. You guys are like really. The of the cheek right now. Oh, so. Ooh, I can see that. That's interesting. You know, for me, I think what what I love about a a, a blowjob is, you know, honestly, gosh, there's something about because I was raised so religious that it was like, it was, it's kind of dirty. Right. As where, where sex is like, well, you should make love. That's how you do it. Yeah. Right. This is where the man's penis goes, but the mouth is something. It's so intimate. I don't know. Like I just feel, yeah, Jerry's. I just, yeah. Like there's an intimacy whenever a girl was like, I want to put my mouth on your genitals. Yeah. It's, this sounds so fucking, I don't know, whatever, but it's like, it's, it's so in, it's so like, Oh, like that. 
the fact that you want to do that to me, like really touches my heart. You know what I mean? Like mm. it's a really special thing that they want to do that. You know, that's why the tilt wheel was invented back in the cars in the seventies and eighties. Cause you get them down there and you get that tilt wheel up and no. then you tilt it down and get them locked in. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to finish I whether they it. like it or not. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Little Jerry and his tilt wheel. Oh, oh my God. Me. I'm sorry. Lord, Timmy goes to buy his first car. He, he doesn't care anything it. about it. They, 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 it does have the tilt wheel, though, right, Dad? <laughs> yeah, son. Why is that important? <laughs> you, know, and here's what, uh, you know what else about a blowjob? I would say to all the women listening, here's what, here's what to me, I'm, I'm really seriously interested in what you guys think. For me, what is awesome about a blowjob is when it's not something you've asked for. Like for me, when I'm driving down the road and they're just like touching me and then they just like want to give me a gift, mm. that is the best thing ever Here. to ask for it. Go, Hey, would you go down on me? Like, really? Like you've never had to ask me to go down on you. I go down on you every fucking chance I can. You know, Why the fuck do I have to ask for you? I, here's an, I got a question for you and I'm, I'm it, what is it about the blow? That is like. Like if we were going to go back to our $10 budget that I asked you about on relationships, what would you spend your money on? You yeah. know, let's put the $10 budget out there for the sexual. You'd spend eight of them on a blowjob. Oh, Why no. is that? Doggy style is my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's something about a blowjob. But you, talk, you love about a blow. You love a blowjob. You said I that many so times. Intimate. Yeah, it's just such an intimate I don't know. There's So what is it about, about a girl? What is it? I mean, you're driving down the road and she's wanting to give you roadhead what do you what's what do you like about that what is why is that what is that that, that she that, wants me and it's nothing that she can't orgasm because you're driving right? you're saying like right like she, like she wants you so bad that she, i can't do anything for her but she wants to pleasure me so bad that she wants to do like give me a gift so is it about the that's, sexual act or is it something more like you just feel really wanted that's what it is okay yeah I feel very wanted. Yeah, blowjobs make me feel very wanted. Interesting. I think that's yeah. the interesting part of it because, yeah, from a blowjob, the woman isn't getting any no. sexual stimulation from that. So it's purely, I love you, I want you so much that I'll do this for you. Right. I've, I, you know, I've had guys tell me, like married friends of mine that are like, yeah, you know, when, when it's that time of the month, you know, she'll just give me a blowjob. Like that literally, like, uh, this is, this sounds so, well, meaning for the girl, yeah. meaning oh, she's having her period. Like it's, it's, it's blowjob schedule. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, like, it's there's like something Tuesday. about that, that I was like, oh my God, like, I don't find that like, oh yeah, it's a cord rut. No, like literally I'm like, oh my God, that's so sweet. Like that she would, because you know, it, it's closed down there that she's willing to do that to pleasure you. It, it to me that I just find that beautiful. Yeah. I'm like, wow, that's really fucking sweet. That kind of reminds me of this. So there's this one podcast called uh, hosted by Dan Savage. It's called the Savage Love Podcast. Not it's as good as ours, but yeah. decent. <laughs> <laughs> but he mentioned there's like this GGG, like good giving and game. Like even if the even if one person isn't like in the mood, one person is. The other person will always make sure the other person is taken care of. Like and like they're always game for whatever. You're always ready to be giving. Like one person isn't left wanting. So I think that's a really, I think that's a really healthy dynamic. I think that's the key to marriage. I think, I, think the, I, I think the key to marriage is having a good Google calendar and knowing exactly 
when she's bleeding and when she's not. (laughs) No, you know, honestly, yeah, there's no, there's no doubt about it. I think that in a relationship, one or the other is more sexual. There's no fault. It is just what it is. There is no, there's literally no shame or judgment in whatever. If one is more sexual than the other. Yeah. Well, it's not something you back to Luke's point about finding someone attractive. It's not like a decision you make. Like I'm just not going to be a sexual person. Right. I mean, because, you I mean, kind of already are. It's a no, physiology thing. It, you are or aren't. And the reality is for me, like I'm typically pretty sexual, but there are times I'm just not. Yeah. You know, I'm just, I'm just not. Well, Lance, let me ask you, because I mean, you're, you're the one that's happily married, right? Yes. You know, it's been so long for me. I, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to go back and think. We're about, happily single, Jerry. That's right. But I'm trying to go back and think about, you know, years and years ago, but, but Lance, you're happily married. Is there such a thing as too much sex between two people that are madly in love with each other? Is, is there, would there ever be a time where you would go, I'm just not feeling it tonight. Yes. That probably surprises you, (laughs) Timmy, but it, well, it's, it's different at 51 than I was. And that's, and that's one of the challenges that you have to, that's a transition back to that conversation we were having earlier about some transitions that you have to make from dating to married and things like that. There's a transition that you have to make between a 50 year old man that's different physiologically than you were when you're 25, but your mind goes back to thinking, I just got this new young bride that I'm married. You know, you, we use language like this when we're 50 and it's like, we think we're back when we're 25. So to answer your question, it's, I don't think that there's, I think I see sex as a manifestation of the connection that you have. So if you, if you want to go all day, five days, seven days a week, whatever, then I think that's great. But yes, there, for me, it's not as important as me as in 50 than it was when I was younger. And that has been, you want to talk about, let's get real vulnerable. That's been a real struggle for me in my masculinity right now, because I feel emasculated. Because as a male, you're driven so much by that, like, you know, comp chase and, and, you know, conquer and we're with the hunter gatherers and all that thing. Right. And physiologically, I could go for longer periods of time now than I would have like naturally back then it would have been probably every three days or something. You just naturally would have been like, I'm ready to go again. You probably could have done it every day. And it just, it doesn't mean that I, and well, let me say this. I think for me, I've we've had to find other ways to to be connect sexually other than the fact of just wanting to uh, orgasm both of us every single time and being okay with the fact that it's like she just might not be able to and I might not be able to that night but it's like let's just still try to connect now we get lazy and we enjoy just you know and it me getting real vulnerable. It takes a lot more work at 50. And there's sometimes when I'm just like, I don't want to put the time, the effort in that it it was when I was 20. You know what I mean? And that's selfish. Right. But here's, and here's, I guess this is what I I'm, I'm learning in my own life. It, it exposes a lot of the frailties that I had maybe as a male or something that just naturally came to me earlier in life or, you know, it just like, you just don't take those things for granted, like other aspects of your health. Right. And, and you have to, you've got to figure out how to grow together in those moments. But I've also learned, and if you would have asked me back when I was sexually more driven, you know, then I would have said people really have sex in their eighties. And now I think 
Yeah, they do. It looks just a lot different than it did when you were 40, 30, or 20, or 50, or 60, probably. But they still are connecting in some way sexually. I know that probably wasn't the answer you were no, looking for. No, it is. But, but I would, what I would tell you, and, and what I would tell you if you haven't, and what I would tell any guy that's out there that's listening, because I've been down this road and got it corrected, my brother's been down this road and got it corrected, is one in four men have low testosterone. And if you don't have the drive and you don't have the libido and you don't have, you know, yep. all of that, go get your testosterone levels checked. And I did. I, I did. I, I do. I mean, I take, you know, synthetic testosterone. Yeah. It's, it's a gel and, 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 and I don't do it so that I can have a libido and I don't do it so that I can be some, right. you know, uh, some, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Jacked up 50 bed. year old man that thinks he's 20. Yeah. I just want to have a, a, a energy level yes. and, and that that testosterone is not just about libido it's about weight and it's about being lean and it's about mm. being mentally sharp and it's about a lot of things and a lot of guys are like you know they have problems with their wife or their girlfriend and the girlfriend thinks i'm not attractive yes. to him anymore it's got nothing to do with that right, it has right. to do with a low testosterone level and it drives everything it, and, yep. and the same thing for women, right? You hear about women that have, yeah. that, that, that they need to get their hormones checked yeah. and their estrogen, or they've, they've gone through menopause or they've done what, yeah. whatever these right. things They're are not able to get wet anymore yeah. without, a, without a doubt. I think a lot of it comes down to your, your hormone levels. And if you get them, you know, if you get them yeah. ironed out and you've got a good endocrinologist, it could absolutely change your life. And I think that's really important too, because with testosterone, a lot of it is, it's kind of, you have to be really, really careful because with testosterone, if you, it's a very wide range for men, for the, for the healthy. Yeah. Range. Healthy levels you're saying. Right. Right. Yeah. So it's a pretty wide range. Um, that being said, testosterone can really increase your risk of prostate cancer as well. No shit. Yeah. Whoa. Truly. Um, it's also one of the reasons like why men, like men who go Mm -hmm. That's due to having too much testosterone and they're a great, actually at greater risk of getting prostate. But that is the difference between, you know, when you go in to see a doctor, they're going to ask you a lot of questions yeah. and they're going to try to get to what is it that you're trying yeah. to do? Are you just trying to get your testosterone levels back to normal so you can feel normal or are you trying to get them elevated? Right. Mm. What, you know, and there, there becomes the difference between testosterone and steroids. Right. Right. Oh, right. You know, the, the, the whole, the whole prostate thing and the whole hair loss thing and, and all that kind of thing. And, and, and when I was in college, I did take steroids and they, they're, they're bad news. I mean, but you I had a full head of hair. I, right? I, yeah, I thought, yeah. yeah, but I, I, I had lots of problems when I was in, in college from that, you know, it's all the typical stuff, the roid rage and, sure, and the sure, whole sure. deal. But at 55, if I didn't take anything right now, I would have hormone levels of about an 85 year old. Well, once I got them regulated and that's why it's so important that you go to a doctor, you go to somebody that is doing your, taking your blood and, and mm -hmm. checking those levels and everything. And once you get them just regulated and every guy's, every guy's not the same as the next guy, one guy's 600 level needs to be an 800 for somebody else. And it has to do with, with age and that mm -hmm. kind of thing. But I think it's, it's huge. It's mm -hmm. absolutely huge. And I think, I think there's been a lot of, um, of relationships that, that have failed because Two couples thought, well, we're just not attracted right. to each other. And it had right. nothing to do with right. that. Yeah, it was all right. chemical. Yeah, it's just normal biology. It really was. Yeah, yeah we, we, Michelle and I, when we first got married, we went to therapy together just because we were making this transition and everything. And the the physical thing came up. You know, she, Michelle said, you know, I, I would like, you know, be more physical. And 
And I and he met with both of us singularly in the beginning, you know, like, hey, what do you think? And I was like, I think this will probably come up. And I said, and I'm the kind of guy that like help me understand, you know, am I normal? Where do I fall on this whole spectrum? You know, and he said on the sexual thing, he's like all over the place. He's like, I've I can I've met with hundreds and hundreds of couples and some are very low libido. Some are high. Like there is no normal out there. You've got to find what works for you, right? And I think for this this podcast being around masculinity, I think one of the ways that we have not done a good job of the male uh, gender is, is and Timmy, you do a great job of this because people do see you as this tatted up, long haired, you know, sex goddess. And you know what I mean? But goddess. you, you better, yeah, goddess, right? Uh, God. Um, but you, you've got a very vulnerable side to you, you know, and you're willing to talk about some of the real issues and things like that. And I think that models the way for other guys. I think one of the things we fail about is, is these types of topics don't ever come up, right? Because we think it's going to emasculate us or make us less than. And, and when you're immature, you know, Jerry and I are in a sword fight on whose dick's bigger when we're just meeting each other for the first time. You know what right, I mean? It's right. like, let's just get to know each other's brothers. Right. You know, I struggle with this. You struggle with this. Hey, I got, you know what I mean? It's like, that's when we really become close friends and have a real bond. When you were in your 20s and 30s, how many men did you have in your life that were maybe weren't your father or grandfather, but how many friends did you have that you would tell them, I love you? Zero. Zero. I have yeah. multiple friends. Yes. That I, I tell Timmy. Yeah. I yeah. told you. I yeah. said, I will look at, look at one of my buddies. <laughs> and, and you will. One day and, and you know what? As you get older, it, it will. I yeah. mean, you lose. It's not the cool card, but it's that man card. When you drop that man card and you can be real and be vulnerable. And unfortunately, it took me losing a best friend to suicide. And, and, and it took mm -hmm. me having some loss before I figured out that the time yeah. to tell somebody you love them is mm. now and it doesn't matter whether it's a guy or a girl i will look at oh, my friends yeah. and say i love you and have a great day yeah you know that's why i i tell you that love luke is a new friend but i mean i've told lance many times oh, know, yeah. this podcast is actually better because of him and coming into the holidays i'm like fuck like he can't meet this day and i'm like fuck i can't do the podcast without you lance <laughs> i need you, you well, so, i gotta have my timmy time every i know week. And, and 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 i've been thinking about like okay i need to do a podcast on one of the mondays when lance isn't available I'm like what like how am i gonna pull this off like i enjoy the banter and the uh -huh. the questions and the 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 back you, and forth but you know and, why we love it though you and i've said this right like we'd sit around and have this conversation the, the four of us guys well would, this is how if, we would if, talk if, if, if we were talking no about right, right we would have said let's just all meet up and we'd and the thing about it the only thing that's different about this than us getting together on a some other night and doing it is is we tee up the topics right so we come into this knowing what we're going to talk about as opposed to just what'd you do this week? Oh, I played golf. It never gets down to this. Right. And maybe that's that's actually the an interesting – the yes. depth of it happens because we tee up the topic before we get here. Yeah. No, I definitely think that there's a there's a, a, a key element of, hey, we're all focused on the same one thing and we're going to talk about this one thing. And, and it's know, the Chris. one thing that I struggle with with small groups because, and I'm sure people will slaughter me for this, but this happens naturally because we all have a connection right. that just happened naturally. In small groups, sometimes it's fabricated. Right. And so you try to bring this vulnerability, and it happens because you do have some common interest and in, in a common objective. You're trying to grow a small group within a church or something, but there is a level of that just connection that's that's 
that's not it's a pseudo connection a little bit because you're like i just don't even really connect with bill well but, yes. but yet you come and talk about these topics and i and i realize that's probably a shallow view of it but i think that's where we're all friends outside of the podcast right. so it makes it deeper when we just get and talk about these things well, on the, the podcast. reality is i feel safe with you guys although right? i've you, never I, talked about blowjobs with you right. guys. <laughs> <laughs> but i mean i feel and i feel i think that you guys feel safe with, yes, with me yes. like literally uh i've never sucked a dick but i could say i sucked a dick this week guys i didn't like it you know but like i could say that and i feel like yeah. we would still be friends yes. there'd be no judgment it'd right. be whatever and that is what's rare if not impossible in a small group you know that's like you said it's a forced you know it's yeah. a forced gathering of these six people and you're like I don't want to yeah. say the really thing that I'm no. thinking or feeling, right. but and I can tell Jerry anything. I I, yeah. I could tell Luke anything, yeah. Lance anything, anything. I could literally take. I would like it is what it is. You know, this, Absolutely. Is, this is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm thinking, and I don't feel like it would threaten our friendship or threaten no. your respect of me or my respect of you. Um, which is, you know, for my good friends, I've said that to them many times. I said, listen, you can tell me you suck the guy's dick and I'll still have lunch with you. Like nothing will change. Right. Uh, of course, I'll be like, really? You did that? What the fuck? <laughs> right. You know, tell me how you know, this did, guy How should. did that come to right. happen? Uh, but it wouldn't change anything. No. Right. You know, about my, I, you know, there's something about the journey. Uh, to, so what, today. Well, okay. Yeah. Well, well Go ahead. So, well, so, I was going to ask you. I, mean, I want you to finish your story, but I want you to answer where, why, what has happened that you finally got to that place where you could have those conversations with no judgment? Because there was a time in your life where you'd have oh, been like, God. "Oh." But anyway, before you lose your thought, finish yeah, that. So that well, that so I today in church or not church, our community gathering, the Mercy Community, we had Laura Wolf, and mm -hmm. she talked about sacred uh, sexuality, and she talked about the you know the damage of of uh, evangelical Christianity and all the things that that created the shame and the guilt. Yep. So when I worked through, cause I used to say crucify the flesh, right? Like yeah. I would choke out that part of me that yeah. wants to fuck everybody. And all that. when I met with her, I worked with her for six months that she worked with me after my divorce. Okay. And she, she, her primary work is with women in their femininity but she helped me as a man with my masculinity mm. and she just affirmed my masculinity and my testosterone and my sexual drive and my aggression, all the things that like, I didn't ask for this shit. I didn't ask to be born like this. I didn't ask right. to want this like I do. I mean, Jerry and I've talked about this. It's like, I wake up and I just want it. I right. want, you know, it's, I can't, can it, now I control how I act it out, but I can't, you can't control how you feel, but you can control right. you exactly. Yeah, I can't, I can't point. control the emotion. So she just talked about sacred sexuality and how that we've put all this shame and guilt around. You think a dog feels guilty when it jumps on another dog and fucks no. it? No, no, there's no, there's no guilt. Right. There's no shame. This is what we do. Right. And I had lots of guilt and shame from religion around my sexual prowess, yeah, I guess. Yeah. That was really interesting about her talk was she talked about when, when babies come into this world, when they're, when they're small children, they're already complete. They haven't already been raised by parents in this world who've already gone through their whole life with all their imperfections, all their worldly attachments. When a kid is already, they're already living the truth. 
Like they don't need to be told like, oh, this is what whatever. This is right. This is wrong. Exactly. This is, like yeah. they just You're saying they live they live by a natural order, meaning like I know I need food or something. What do you mean they already know the the truth? Well, it's mean like they're not bogged down like by it's a good way of putting this. They're not programmed. Exactly. Exactly. Programmed. Thank you. That's a good word. Like they're just like you ask a kid, hey, what'd you how was school today? Like they have no fucking idea. They're right. Because they're always just like in the moment. Right. It's like it was awesome. Yeah. 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 They don't know anything else. I, I like it actually causes like I remember being asked a little kid, like, hey, how was school? And I remember like it was actually causes me pain. Like, like, I don't remember. Like <laughs> I I think it was the the reason I the reason I asked you that was because I think it was in the Sapiens book that he said the human is the only species that comes that comes into the life not kind of ready to go out on its own meaning it takes a uh, 18 a to 20 time. years to to grow up like where a baby bird or giraffe or something is almost immediately like yeah, on its own hours. in their independent yeah. right where the where the human comes is is brought and he had a technical term for it but is brought way into the process way too early and so you have to go through this raising up of a child type of of uh issue i don't know <laughs> we're back <laughs> there ain't no fucking way we're letting you in on what we just talked it's, about the baptist oh, have shit. fellowship and you know after hour in the communal hall oh, all right so let's go back how are we the, gonna finish how you gonna land this plane let's land this plane so we talked about vulnerability let me just let you me really, just you've this. really been distracted me, this me, part, you know, i have <laughs> been distracted so what let we'll tie. We'll just literally go through the questions and, and be done. What does vulnerability even mean? When I say the word vulnerability, what comes to mind, Luke? Vulnerability means showing something that you wouldn't show to anyone else and could harm you. You're letting someone. Yeah. God, this is a hard no, question. Keep going. I think you're on it. But you know, it's like being vulnerable with someone means you're willing to show every part of you with someone and if they reject it it could hurt and you're putting that risk on the line yeah Ooh. yeah your your identity of what you've told yourself is at stake because you feel like if you let the cat out of the bag then they're going to know that that's not the real luke or lance or whatever right. or they'll judge you or to judge you for it and so we keep it. we protect ourselves by keeping it in right yeah no i, I think you're spot on all right, so biggest fear. Mm, man, we didn't talk about that one. No. Oh, biggest fear for me is the is the is having the emotional connection and then losing it. Oh, oh that's that's huge for me. So I'm I'm just telling you, Timmy, I'm connect, connected to you emotionally. Yeah, so no, you're with me for I'm the long. With you, so okay. we're good. We're okay. friends forever, but um, but if for me, it and it probably goes deeper than that. It's probably more like because I've certainly been connected to people and had a emotional, but I mean, I'm talking about, you know, being in a relationship or something like that, but I'm a connector. So I, when you, when I, when I lose that and, and, and so you would think, well, then why would you become, something has to happen for you to become disconnected. And, and I've, my biggest fear is, and I'm just kind of thinking this through at the top of my head. My biggest fear is that Lance hasn't got what it takes to pull off the long-term relationship and that emotional connection that that's required for a lifetime, but that I'm a little bit of an imposter in my own skin. Yeah. I've got, I've got, I'm game 
I'm a baller when it comes to the first part of it. I'll woo you. I'll draw you in. We'll have a great time. But that wears off after a while because it's just the nature of life, right? I mean, and and so that's when I become, and that's the reason I got so emotional when I talked about, you know, meeting my first anniversary for for the for the marriage, right? Because that that was a big deal to me because because it was just a milestone that says, you know what, whatever happens, I could, I get, yeah. And it was more than in my, did my second time, you know what I mean? So, and, and then, and obviously I've got a long time to go before my first, but the, the challenge that I'm trying to overcome in my first win, and maybe that, that would be a good question is what's the subconscious thing in your mind that you're trying to win at on your own, that you feel like you failed at in your previous relationships. Like there's probably something for me in my first marriage, it was that I just didn't know how to create an emotional connection. So I went all, you know, balls to the wall and trying to understand and dig deep into understand what was going on inside Lance that I could, that I could figure out how to create that emotional connection with someone. And I did, but, but do I have what it takes to sustain it? And that's, I think my biggest fear. So you worried that, Yes. Well, it's a good question, Luke. I Lance, I think I've always, I've got enough confidence that I feel like I've always got enough. I mean, I've got, I'm, but will I become distracted with and become lazy or passive and, and forget about being like, if I'm just solely focused, like when you're dating and you meet someone the first time, right. They consume your thoughts. So you're fully locked in. Like you're in that, that initial like puppy love phase and then yes intense, and then later on honeymoon phase is phase, it yeah it's like it's common then you go through the later phases where it's like okay now we're like getting in our routine yeah and it's not like as intense as it was before boom spot on right but and that just keeps going on and on right and you've been married 20 years 30 years 50 whatever think about how that just kept that that's going to trend down right unless you're in real intentional about it's just like your health when you're younger you, you just don't, it doesn't take that much to keep it up. Right. But it's like, when you get older, you spend a lot more time on your health than you did before to maintain the same levels. And that concept is the same in relationships. Yeah. I think that, um, what are you scared of Timmy? that's what I want to know. <laughs> what are you, you know, gosh, guys, Fighters. I've had enough, uh, whiskey that I could be too emotional. You know, probably what I'm scared. Failure scares me. You know, failure in what failure in, in I want to know in, in relationships, in friendships or a committed relationship and love or even in career. Well, what's a failure? Describe a failure to me, though. No one wanting me. Right. No one wanting to hire me. No one wanting to spend time with me. Knowing. See, this is the theme I'm picking up on you, because when I asked you earlier why you enjoyed the the broadheads, you said I wanted I wanted I wanted to know that she wants me right. you use this language a lot. Yeah, that that's. I think, you know, part of what I've learned about myself in counseling, and I had actually uh, my counselor say this to me. They said, "In your in your next relationship, you know, Timmy, your your personality type is is a giver. It's a driver. Yeah. It's a goer. It's yeah. a mover. It's a shaker." Mm -hmm. In other words, even my boss said this when I worked for myself most of my life. But when I did have a pastor that mm -hmm. I worked for, he said. He complimented me and said, Timmy, one of the best things about you is when I hired you, I literally just gave you parameters and you went for it. Yeah. In other words, you weren't someone that I needed to encourage. You were someone that I needed to yeah. rein in. Yeah. 
And so in a relationship, one of the struggles that I'm running into is because I'm such a chaser, a pursuer, a driver, uh, you know, I'll communicate my feelings. I'm very, mm. I'm, I'm just that guy. I'm like in it, you know, mm -hmm. that this person said to me, Timmy, you're probably going to need to be in a relationship where that's mutually shared. In other words, you need someone that's going to pursue you and that you'll pursue equally. them equally. Yeah. In other words, because you're, you give them gifts, they give you gifts. You fuck them, they fuck you. Because your give, intensity you know. is going to, you're going to be driving. Right. So if they're not, yours is going to overshadow theirs? Or yes, they okay. said that you don't want to set a tone where you're the driver and they're right. always the receiver. Yeah. And, and on the outside, it looks like it's a healthy relationship because it's like, but if you pull back any, it's like then it starts to trend down because it's like you were the only one bringing the right. In other words, okay. if I don't pursue you sexually, we don't ever have sex. Right. So for me, I know moving forward, I want to be in a relationship where a woman wants me. I think that's why blowjobs are a thing for me because that is something they don't. I mean, a woman doesn't really benefit from giving me a blowjob. But then again, like I love giving oral. I don't get any, I, like I don't, I can't yeah. come giving a girl yeah. oral. Right. I love it though. Yeah. But it's because I'm a giver. Like yes. I'm, that's my, all the personality profile tests that I've ever taken, 100%. So they always are, I'm the giver. So, so you, so the question was, what are you most fearful for? And you're talking a lot about not giving. to be given to, is not to have someone give to me. Like if, if I'm giving to you and you're or, like, Oh my God, Timmy, I love you. But let me, let me change it up just a little bit. Do you fear that you're giving, you, you feel like it's reciprocal, meaning because you're a 10 on the giving scale, you ought to be getting a lot of reciprocation yes. back. So if you don't, is your fear that you're give like you're, you're not good enough or something? Is it come like, yeah, it, you, you kind of say really don't love me for me. They love me for what I'm giving to them. Oh, like, okay. you know what I mean? Like there's, yeah. there's a real deep profound yeah. part of me. That's a, that's a tough one though, because, because on a lot existentially, you are a giver. I know. So it's hard to divide that. It's like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, it's hard for me to wait for someone to give to me. Honestly, it's one of the things I love about Jerry. Jerry gives to me all the time. Oh, Jerry is a no, I mean, he, he's like, very well, generous. I was clearly not sexually. Right. Uh, but Jerry, like, we'll go out and he'll like, no, it's on me. Don't worry about it. No, right. put your wallet away. You right. know, it's like he wants to give to me, which makes me well, like, need. well, he doesn't need to give right. to me, but he's doing it out of love he appreciates yeah, me yeah he values our time yeah. together so he's buying right. me dinner and he's learned generosity is one yes. of yes yeah one of the most generous men i've ever yeah. met in my life yeah i went to lunch with today with with a woman just a friend and i was getting ready to pay she goes no no no, i got you not let me it's on me she goes i invited you and i was like like i almost mm -hmm. this sounds so i don't even know so emotional girly but i'm like i literally wanted to cry that's cool i was like yeah really like Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much. Like I yeah. give yeah. so much of my life. Like she valued that hour, hour and a half so she much that like, she was willing to pay for it. Quote unquote. She literally of. was That's like, cool. no, it was, a, it was an honor to yeah. get lunch with you. Right. You said so many great things. Like, That's cool. Like, like I literally could have cried. I think part of it, I've had too much whiskey. <laughs> part of it is. Spent thirty 
years mm-hmm. as an evangelical pastor. Fuck, I've had too much to drink. Mm-hmm. I want to hear it, brother. Come on. 30 years giving my fucking life away, mm-hmm. serving, giving, teaching, giving, giving, serving. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Only to have a lot of people not appreciate it. Yeah. You're taking for granted. You know, no mm. one fucking gives money to pay the fucking bills. Mm-hmm. It's like. <sighs> yeah, when I gave up pastoring, it was the best thing ever. Mm-hmm. It was the best fucking thing ever. It's like, you know what? I give my life mm-hmm. every goddamn fucking Sunday. Mm-hmm. I'm done. Like, mm-hmm. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done giving. Mm-hmm. Like I need people to give to me now. Like I'm done. This is this is fucking getting old. <laughs> you know. So after 30 years, I was like, "Fuck it, I'm out. I'm done. Mm-hmm. I'm out. I'm leaving. I'm done. I'm I'm giving to me now." Mm-hmm. And so yeah, being single, God, man, you know, some of the women that have given to me and. Well, here's here's what I this is what I love about you. I love the sensitivity that you have toward someone giving to you that that's, I don't know how to describe it, but it's, you know, when Jerry probably fill in some color, this in a little for me, but you know, when, when you're generous and there's a level of, of reciprocation, the energy, you know, that it's like, you know, if someone does something for you and you're just like, thanks on a text, it's like, it just, there's got to be a, it's like, yeah, I was generous and and I want to let you know that, you know, it's like when she picked up your meal for you and you're like, whoa, really? Like that just confirmed her generosity for, you know what yeah. I mean? And you, you really have a real sensitivity toward that, that, and maybe what I'm describing is when someone's generous and you show this, and when you match that generosity level back in appreciation it's like at that moment, the magic is unlocked right? between that transaction. You don't like using that right. word, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that that's cool. Yeah. Because that's it's kind of like we were talking about when romantically it happens. It's cool because it doesn't happen with everybody. Right. And it doesn't happen always in, in a moment of generosity and appreciation either. But there's some moments in life that you look back on and they just stick with you because – they were special in some way. Yeah. It sounds like you've had one of those moments. Oh God. Yeah. I mean, there, there's just something so special when people will give to you. And it seems like you're anything. in a time of life right now where you're real sensitive to those types of things because of where you've kind of come out of the season yes. of life and you're in, you're real sensitive right now. Right. Yeah. No, I'm super sensitive to that, That's, but not in a, not in an over emotional, unhealthy, sure, you know what sure, I'm saying? Sure. But like in a good way, sure. Like you yeah. become almost raw and calloused a little bit in the past and you're, you're, some of that's getting shaved away and you're coming back to some of your yeah. roots. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, giving is a big thing for me because I am a giver. I, I, I realized in, through counseling that part of my challenge in a relationship is because I am a giver. If you're not reciprocating and not that it needs to be tit for tat, sure. but if you're not reciprocating, then I, my personality type, grows bitter over time so there's this really interesting concept i heard about when it comes to relationship is that every relationship has like an us box each person contributes to the box and mm. each person takes what they need from the box 
Mm-hmm. So when one person is only giving into the boss and the other person is only mm-hmm. taking, I like that. Then that's yeah. when discontent arrives. And there will there will be seasons in life when one person will be taking more and one person will yeah. be taking more. What like that's yeah. normal. But if it's that's like normal, a yeah. Yeah. if it's a constant thing, yeah. And you've got it. It's like there's this unspoken ledger that's happening that both of you need to be aware of. And it ain't something like you just log on. And I don't mean that in a transactional way. But what I mean by is, is that I think it's important that each side is sensitive to the other, that it's on a bank account, you can look and just add it all up. And it's like, hey, we're withdrawing a lot more than we're depositing. But in a relationship, that happens in very unspoken language. And I think it's important that you kind of pick that up or that you're aware of it. So love has a lot of definitions, but one of my favorite definitions of love that I recently wrote about is actually you talked about tennis before your tennis game. Love is zero. It means nothing. There's no mm. score. It's love, love at that it's point. It's love. There's no Which you game. understand in tennis, it's love. Yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I thought Luke was really hitting on somebody. He didn't even know he was hitting. He was like, yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> love, love. Well, and so when, 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 when talking about these like transactions on it, how can it be one side, how mm-hmm. toxic that can be, then that's when that's when things get skewed with love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's when you have this this huge source of discontent. Mm-hmm. And I think part of the connection with um, in a heterosexual relationship, man with woman, it's it's really not about I, you know i've often taught this it's not about keeping score it's not hey i did the dishes today you need to do dishes tomorrow yeah. it's all yeah. that stuff if you get there you're probably in a bad place you're in a bad spot but there is there is something to that fact of even the person that's giving though like my personality profile is that i enjoy giving yes like i get benefit when i give mhm where the 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 challenge can be is that, but also I like being given too, and so I think even though one can be a giver, one can be a receiver, that it's not always just one way. In other words, the receiver doesn't always receive, and the giver always gives. There has to be a, a give and take, and I think in, even in relationships, we talk about a, a mutually beneficial relationship. Yeah. You know, again, I, I teach against tit for tat, you know, sure. measure. I did the laundry. You do the laundry now. Da, right. da, da, da. Yeah, that's transactional. No, it's very tra- transactional. But um, even if you're a giver, a giver likes to be given too. I mean, I yeah. I mean, Jerry, you, you, you strike me as a very, you're extremely generous and very giving. Um, one of the most giving and generous people I've ever met in my life. Do you find that beneficial but yet do you want to be given to when you give it makes you feel great mm-hmm. i mean there's a selfish side to giving sure yeah. right when you give it makes you feel great but when there's not a reciprocation or an appreciation you feel cheap or you feel used right? yeah Ooh, that's good yeah um, I, I can't believe that we're talking about this because this morning I, I there was a text on, on or there was a, a post on Facebook and it's a, a, a guy that I went to college with and he played football at K-State and he was a freshman when I was a senior in 1988 and I haven't spoken to him forever 
And his post was, you'll always remember your freshman year in college. You always remember the feeling of being a fish out of water, but there were those people that made the transition so much easier. Older guys that were cool to you. I had a few that were so nice to me and it was so appreciated. And he lists about four or five people and I'm one of them. He says, they don't know it, but they had a part of who I am today. And I was always appreciative of them. I wasn't a giver back in 1988. At least I didn't think I was. Mm -hmm. I was just treating a kid that was a freshman Mm -hmm. like I would want to be treated. Mm -hmm. I wasn't going to be this dickhead senior in college. Mm -hmm. And so I I liked the post. And then after I liked the post, I get a text from him and it says, you had zero clue how much I appreciated you, didn't you? I go, you quite possibly made all the pain that I felt in the last couple of years go away with one post. I never knew. He's Mm African-American. He said, being a black kid at K-State in 1987 was not easy. You treated me so kind, things like that. I don't forget. God bless me with guys like you and Ron and Pat. I was so freaked out back then, but you helped me so much. Mm -hmm. I gave something in 1988. I had no clue. And 35 years later, it came back. And it literally is a post that all... I screenshot it and I'll keep yeah. for the rest of my life. And when I start to get down on myself or I start to think you're not the best man in the world, or you, you know, you could be doing something better. I'm going to, I'm going to reflect mm-hmm. back on that and go, just be better. Always try to be better. I did. I didn't know at that time that mm-hmm. I was doing anything special, but it tell it tells me though, that there was something you, there was what we're seeing today is a true reflection of who Jerry has always been because you didn't intentionally Today, you intentionally see it, but back then you still, what was driving you to reach out was a heart yeah. you and, and that, and that's the thing that's still yeah. prevalent today. Right. And that's something that's probably a common de- denominator throughout all of your life, even though it's, you've gotten sideways a few times or here and there yeah. that, you know what I'm saying? And like, obviously it, it, it reflects itself differently in, in with the age and things like that. And when you're in college, it's much different, but that, that tells me that the Jerry that I'm seeing today was the same Jerry that was, was. 30 years ago, I was eating ramen noodles. It doesn't take money to give, right? Money's right. not giving money is not, is not buying dinner for Timmy. Yeah. My, my, I mean, our, our giving is not, is not buying dinner. Gi- yep. Giving is not presence or this or that. Or the other giving is your time or, or lending an ear when somebody's having a, a tough time. The, you know, you can, anybody can be a giver without money. Now I've been blessed, extremely blessed to a point where I can when we go out, pick right. up dinner or do something like that, which costs money. Right. But to me, it's not about the money. It's about yeah. an, an appreciation yeah. of somebody. That I say, I want to do this for you Yes, because, because I'm blessed that I can, because I yeah. can do it. Yeah. Well, right? it makes me feel how I feel about it is I feel valued. Like I feel like Jerry values my company. Yeah. Meaning my, my presence enough that, Hey, I, I want to pick up this meal because I get to spend time with you. Yeah. I mean, so it, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I can I see, love Jerry, I can see that being where on your side where you're a giver and you know, the feel it's hard to understand kind of where someone else is at. Right. Because they, we only can communicate through words. We right. were reflective. And so I can see where you have that, where you love to give to other people because of the feeling that you feel yes. is then when someone gives to you, it probably confirms that feeling that you have it's like oh what i give away to others they're given to me you know what i mean because that's hard to communicate sometimes and that's probably what you feel we hadn't talked in a couple of days it's been three or four days and we hadn't talked 
and I get a text out of the blue first thing in the morning the other day, and it was Timmy. He just said, hey, I woke up thinking about you. Hope you're having a good day. Everything going good. That's giving. Yes. It didn't cost a dime. No, right. That's a text. But yeah. you know what? First text I got in the morning, yeah. I woke up, I looked at it, and it made my day. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's mutual, right? I mean, it's, it's, I texted, I texted you the the day. Remember I said, how you doing, Brian? (laughs) (laughs) I know Timmy's always, it's it's not who texts first, it's who texts last. You just just want me to go to bed thinking about you, Lance. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I got it. You're going to get one at 530 a.m. tomorrow morning, brother. (laughs) Well, that's the thing about Timmy is I'm getting out of bed about 730. 30 he's sending me oh, a text at I six know. and i'm reading right. going you son of a bitch don't i don't care if you're thinking about me don't be thinking about me at 6 a.m and if, if you do don't text That's me right. wait till 7 30 and then send it at least i didn't send a dick pic you just, you're woke, thinking about you just woke me up <laughs> my gosh dude i Guys, really, seriously, I think this is probably going to be one of our best oh, four well. guys and a bottle of whiskey uh, that we've done. I really appreciate you guys coming tonight. And we started out not feeling it. And the more we got to to chatting and having a conversation. I, yeah. The more know, whiskey. Yeah. I mean, gosh, I mean, whiskey definitely it, it lit me up a little bit to, to be more vulnerable um, about the journey. I mean, you know, it's it's I value my friendships, you know, my new friendships, my, mm-hmm. my existing mm-hmm. friendships. I mean, it's, it's, you know, like I text Jerry out of a, like literally I woke up and I was thinking, man, I haven't talked to Jerry in a while. I miss that motherfucker. I wonder how he's doing. Yeah. Right. So I text him. Right. Yeah. And, um, you know, he responds in, in kind and da does whatever's going on. And, and I'm like, dude, I, I fucking miss you. Like what, what yeah. let's hang out. Like, let's be yeah. together. Let's, let's do this thing, yeah. you know? So, um, a good friendship is, I don't know how to describe this, but it's, it's, and I feel this with you, Timmy, it's that there's, you get to know someone, right? And then it's like, then, but you're, they're always uncovering something else about that person throughout life. Yeah. And it's the act of, and that's the beauty of being in any friendship, right? It's like, but that's what really makes a great friendship for me is that, and it makes a great friendship with me with Michelle even, right? That it's, that you're you're constantly uncovering something new about this person on a regular basis, and and what you're uncovering is always draws you in a little bit more into it. That you find this person interesting, and you want to be with them even more, right? So yeah. it's why you be friends twenty years later, you know. Sure. And and I and I appreciate that about you and, and your friendship and getting to know Jerry and Luke and others that we've. I mean, this this podcast has been fantastic, you know, yeah. for me from that perspective. Well, me too. I mean, there's no doubt about it. I I, I would hope that you know when I'm. 90 that you and all all of us are sitting around this oh it'd be great yeah table and and still having these conversations and, and talking we won't be about talking life. about blow jobs we'll be <laughs> no we'll talk we'll be talking about the poop we had <laughs> yes. Yes. yes so what'd your doctor say this week jerry <laughs> corn corn when did i eat corn <laughs> Right. How many blue pills did you have to take to get it up this week, Jerry? Oh my God. I love it. Oh my God. Seriously, guys, I literally, I really do love you guys. I really appreciate it. Anyone's listening to this, text your friend that you haven't spoken to in absolutely six years. Yeah. Let them know you're thinking about them. Just yeah, do it in the just do it in the morning though to Jerry's advice. Not, <laughs> not <so> the, <laughs> 7:30. Oh shit. No, for real, for real. I mean this sincerely. I really do love you guys. 
love, love you too, of course, brother. I love Lance, Luke, and uh, Jerry, and I really appreciate you guys coming out to be a part of the podcast and and making this special. I know a lot of people really enjoy this, and uh, you know it's guys just being vulnerable and well, and uh, yeah, you, I love you know you're a good man when you're going to have a long funeral, and 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 certainly oh. Timmy, you are. You're going to have a lot of people there and a lot of people I up there sure talking so. and telling stories for hours. Oh man, I uh, hope so. I hope so. I so. appreciate it. All right, guys. Peace out.